Gentlemen, welcome to Cartridge Club. The first rule of Cartridge Club is you do not talk about Cartridge Club. The second rule of Cartridge Club is you do not talk about Cartridge Club. Hello and welcome to episode 14 of the Cartridge Club. I am player one and I co-host this little jam with my brother P2. Normally, I wouldn't do this before we get into this month's game, but I wanted to warn you that we will be discussing spoilers. It is imperative that if you plan to play Eternal Darkness Sanity's Requiem in the future, that you do not listen to this month's episode. That being said, let's get into who we have with us this month and what we all thought of this month's experience. I'll start with Canadian YouTube sensation J-Rock. Thanks for joining us, J-Rock. There is no J-Rock, only so. J-Rock does voices. Wrong hey, cock. <laughs> sorry, sorry about that. I had something in my That's throat. It's okay. No problem. Still got some Fandango in your throat there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm in the mode still. It's like a whole month thing. Ghostbusters month. But yeah, thank you for having me, boys. This is well, great. Thanks for being here, bud. Yes, why don't you uh, tell our yeah. listeners a little about yourself um, in case they didn't listen to the uh, Retro Fandango episode that was out last week. Okay, in case you don't know what I'm about, I have a YouTube channel. I go by J-Rock the Game Rocker because I like rock and roll and video games, so that's my name. Uh, I started out doing tutorials, like repair tutorials. Uh, I did a repair on a Game Boy screen, so you can check that out. That's one of my most successful videos, and it's evolved into Let's Plays and pickup videos and, you know, all sorts of stuff. I just did a, a Ghostbusters collection video. So, yeah, it's a fun thing to fool around with. You cover it all. In fact, there's one I fell in love with your GoldenEye videos that you never bring up and you never mention. I think you're just sort of sweeping them under the rug, but I love them. And it was just you getting the cheat codes, which is hard to do. I don't know if anybody remembers getting them back in the day, but you had to beat the mission in a certain amount of time um, in order to unlock a certain cheat code. And, and J-Rock put some videos of him unlocking them, which I thought... Yeah, those from my first videos that I, I was kind of fooling around with and I at the time I didn't have a capture device that's actually using like a camera oh, no which way. I, I feel like taking those down but uh, you oh, know I, I do that. have plans because of your interest I have plans to do a HD series of that a reboot <laughs> if you will I love it. it it definitely reminded me back in the day of when I was, used to do that and it used to be frustrating oh some of them are so difficult like the facility you have to restart that I don't know how many times oh, the facility was the worst uh, get the archives when you're trying to get invisibility you have to do yes, that under yes. a minute and a half I think I think the train was another one that frustrated me too but I can't remember but I think I remember yeah. watching it and you made it look so easy <laughs> oh that was probably several tries okay <laughs> good enough good enough Excellent. We are, we're very excited to have you here, J-Rock. Uh, we had a good time talking to you on uh, the Retro Fandango episode, so we're definitely excited to find out what you thought of this month's uh, brain twister, I guess we'll say. Yeah. <laughs> so, as you know, we... It was a game. Sorry? It was, it a, was game. a game. That's right. So, uh, <laughs> as you know, we, us- we always have more than one guest. Uh, we usually have three, actually. So, next up, we're going to move on to... Um, the Let's Player Extraordinaire. He's the master and commander of the Smash Hit channel <laughs> replayability. Adam, welcome to the show. <laughs> Hello, everyone. How's it going? <laughs> oh, good. It's going yeah. good. Yeah, I, 
Don't but rock you didn't it. think I was going to work that master and commander into your intro. <laughs> no, I didn't. I actually that caught me off guard. My heart's going a little bit because I'm just like, oh, it's finally happening. <laughs> I'm being recognized yeah. for my greatness. <laughs> Speaking of your greatness, why don't you tell us about what you were doing last night? <laughs> uh, okay, so yesterday um, I participated in Extra Life 2014, which is basically um, it's a donation kind of thing to... Um, gather donations for to help sick kids throughout. Uh, I think it's a North American thing. Uh, I don't think it's worldwide, but it's North American anyway. And so I basically played video games for 24 hours straight from uh, 8 a.m. Wow. on Saturday. Wow, I already lost track of time. I was like, Saturday, Friday? <laughs> um, 8 a.m. to Saturday to 8 a.m. today. Uh, oh, my gosh. So I was up at 8 a.m. this morning, and not because I woke up then, because I was still up. <laughs> but, wow. yeah. That's impressive. What uh, what is the mental capacity that is required to complete that? You must have uh, been pretty not tough. much. If I could do it, then not much <laughs> mental capacity. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I um, imagine. By the end, my eyes were kind of like I feel like they were like I don't know vibrating or something. There's something weird going on with my eyes by the end. But uh, <laughs> you know what? It was it was a good time overall. So that's awesome. That's awesome. It's a great cause, and uh, you know, thanks for making the time to be on here, especially after doing that. That's pretty impressive. Hey, no problem. So tell us a little about your channel. Oh, um, so yeah, I, I run a channel called uh, Replayability with my friends Patrick and Tron. They've been my friends for years. And recently, my other friend Andrew, uh, he helped out with a few vids, although he'll probably uh, not be on there so much because he, he's a bit hard to track down. <laughs> um, but we basically, basically a while ago, like I guess a year ago, I was just like, you know what? I got a lot of games that I'm always just like, I should replay this game. I should replay this game. And I was like, you know what? Why don't I just go through all of them as many as I can and I'll record them with Patrick and Tron because there's a lot of games that they like that I have they hadn't played that they wanted to check out and things right and so we uh we decided to make a let's play channel out of it called replayability um which is sort of a play on words because we talk about like the replayability of the games and we also it's about kind of our ability to replay the collection um so we've got like 30 let's plays on there so far and um wow yeah we released like a video every day except for this weekend because i was, <laughs> I was <laughs> subjecting myself to torture by playing video <laughs> games for 24 hours so torturous <laughs> it's all charity <laughs> but yeah that's impressive any highlights for the uh the, the marathon that you did anything that stood out oh the marathon oh man probably dr jekyll and mr hyde oh um, god <laughs> i played it and i beat it no um, way that's amazing. Yeah, I a while ago I picked it up because I was just like, you know, it's infamous, and I had to have it. I was just like, I gotta try and beat it. And so I picked it up, and I actually got home, and I beat it in like two hours. And so I was like, you know what? I'll do that for the stream. What the heck? It'll be something people can laugh at. <laughs> wow, that's impressive. That's awesome. Oh, it's a brutal game. I <laughs> I wish I could get that like hour of my life back from last night. <laughs> it's never coming back. Play, but at least play another round of Super Metroid or something. That's awesome. Right on. Excellent. Uh, Adam, we are so glad you could be here, especially considering, um, like P2 said last night, you being up for 24 hours, saving children's lives. <laughs> hey, thanks for having me. All of the days. Yeah, are. that's right. <laughs> so that's two of the three. Now, lastly, from one of the absolute best channels on YouTube, co-host of Retro Liberty, we have Aaron Stapish. 
Actually, Aaron couldn't make it tonight because of the scheduling, bro. Uh, he planned the recording for the same day and time as Aaron's father's birthday. So we want to send a big Cartridge Club happy birthday to Mr. Stapish, and uh, we'll hear Aaron's thoughts later on. Happy birthday, Aaron. Happy birthday! Yeah, yeah happy birthday. <laughs> thank you for giving us such an amazing son. <laughs> right. And thank you for good day. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So... Just before I turn things over to my incomparable brother, Player 2, who has possibly the fastest thumbs on the East Coast, I want to say a big thank you to all of the supporters who purchased a Cartridge Club Season 1 t-shirt. Um, we had the goal set at 50, and through the magic of the internet and uh, me actually reading um, the website, I was able to lower the goal to a more manageable number of 15. So uh, we actually sold 16 shirts. So uh, those 16 shirts will be made, and as a way of saying thank you from the bros to the people who help make the Cartridge Club community as amazing as it is, we're going to do a, an exclusive giveaway only for, mem- only for people who bought the shirt. So there, you will have a 1 in 14 chance, because we're not going to obviously draw our own names, you will have a 1 in 14 chance to win what is, in my opinion, the best prize we've ever given away. So thank you to everyone who bought a shirt. Yes, yeah, yeah. I got an email about that. I was uh, that you know the reservation was yeah. met, and I was getting my T-shirt. I was happy. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. We're both uh, pretty excited to get them and uh, wear them around because uh, we love the club and we love everybody that uh, we've had the opportunity to interact with because of it. Yeah. Da, na, na. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Awesome. Yeah, because now we have something that sort of reminds us for that entire year, which was a pretty, you know, monumentous yeah. year—the first year. That's right. Crazy. Okay, now that we're done uh, being the Gush Bros, I'm going to turn things over to you, little brother, Gush and you can uh, <laughs> tell everybody a little bit about the game we've been playing. All right. Yes, this month we have been playing Eternal Darkness. Sanity's uh, Requiem. (laughs) Thank you. No problem. Vintage made fun of me for how I said it before, so... I used to say Requiem. (laughs) But anyway, it is for the GameCube. It uh, was created by Silicon Knights and released on October 25th in 2002, so it would have been right before Christmas, or Halloween. So uh, that would have been a pretty cool year for Halloween, I guess. The game is kind of a survival horror game that is, you know, it's mostly known for messing with people's minds and and getting in your head, and that's why it was so creepy. But uh, this was my first time playing it. I never had the chance to play it back when, uh, so I was super pumped that we had the chance to play it this month. But uh, this is my first time through. Uh, P1, was this your first time through? Yeah, not only uh, was this my first time through Eternal Darkness, but uh, thanks to uh, the wonderful company Blizzard and the World of Warcraft and uh, (laughs) Illegal Narcotics... This is uh, my first GameCube game. Uh, I missed the entire life cycle of the GameCube. Uh, And unless you can count beating Twilight Princess on the Wii, uh, I had never played a GameCube game prior to this that I can can remember. So my first experience uh, with the GameCube was that it's really buggy. What? (laughs) My memory card kept freezing. My... Oh, I see what you're doing. Come on, yeah. But no, yeah, this is my yeah. It like made the TV go off. Yeah, so. this is my uh, my first ever That's GameCube sad. experience. What a garbage console. <laughs> and uh, threw it right. To be honest, I think if uh, this had been a launch title, that uh, maybe the GameCube would have had a better uh, reception than it did. It, uh, if any of the rest of the games on this system are, if this is a reflection of that of those, then I'm in for a good ride going back through that log. Yeah. 
really all Nintendo needs is a, is a good, you know, survival horror game that it launches with to be a successful, uh, successful uh, console. Hmm. Just like the Wii U. <laughs> I see what you did there. Zombie, Zombie U. U. You know, I recently <laughs> saw a great uh, review of Zombie U online. <laughs> Zombie U is fantastic. It is good. Thank yeah. you. I love it. We agree. We I wasn't agree. sure how I felt until I watched a review by two fantastic brothers who are, whose intelligence is only surpassed by their good looks. <laughs> wow. Who the, are they? <laughs> the game chasers? Yeah. Uh... Are they brothers? <laughs> no, they're not brothers. No, no. no. Anyway, J Rock, is this hey, your first time through? This is my first time through. Wow. Uh, much like P1 there, I GameCube passed me by. I was uh, I went from N64 to PlayStation 1 and PlayStation 2. So I was in PlayStation land uh, during GameCube's era. That's a pretty common theme. Um, it's, yeah. it's which is sad because you know the GameCube's got some gems, and uh, we're definitely gonna have to have some more of them on the, on the club, I think. Yeah, but I but I do have a GameCube already. I've had it for a few years, and a few games. Uh, the best one out of them, Metroid Prime. Oh, and gosh. I have oh. Resident Evil Zero, <laughs> and I think the remake Resident Evil. Oh my gosh, both of those are but, so. But good. I have sat the through GameCube them, so. remake is awesome. Oh, so good. Yeah, I haven't played through all of them, so... Did you guys hear that they're remaking the GameCube remake? Yeah. yeah. Remake? I, all, I, all I gotta say about that is Capcom. <laughs> Modern <laughs> that, Capcom. That sums it up, right? I heard they're replacing... Yeah. All right, well, they're I, actually replacing Chris Redfield with Mega Man. Oh, <laughs> that would be awesome. Oh my god, Mega Man is gonna be in something. <laughs> it'll probably get cancelled. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> if you put Mega Man in it, it'll Resident definitely... Evil yeah. Legends Three. <laughs> Don't say it. Don't even say it. <laughs> that's like that's too soon. That's too soon. Too but soon. Adam, is this your first time through Eternal Darkness? This is not my first time through. Oh, um, I actually uh, I had this game. I've still got my copy from uh, when I first got it back in 2002 when it was released. Oh my gosh, that's great. So uh, this is like my oh I don't even know might be my 20th time through i don't know oh, i've played through this game countless times i love it i'm happy to hear that so uh, just out of curiosity did, did did you find it as enjoyable now as it was back then uh yes it was really good to play through it again because i hadn't i hadn't played through it in a very long time okay. um and going back through it again like you know there's stuff that was familiar to me and everything like that but it was still a very good experience because just like man this game just really held up and, That's awesome. Uh, it was just, yeah, it was really good to to replay it again. I'm happy to hear that. I'm happy that. So, uh, would you say it had a high replayability? Oh, oh. oh there's oh, definitely oh, a high degree of replayability in this game. <laughs> I would say. Well, that's coming through the master. <laughs> we are having him on more shows. <laughs> shameless plug. Shameless. Plug. Shameless. Yep. That's a great right. name, Adam. <laughs> it is. Oh. All right, P1, you take it from here. All right, so uh, Eternal Darkness, uh, it starts off, you play as uh, Alexandra Roivas. Uh, she goes by Alex. Um, she seems like a regular girl, and she's been called to her uncle's mansion uh, because he's been horribly murdered and had his head ripped off by some unknown force. Luckily, whoever the police is, the police department is in this town, uh, they leave the body there for her to identify. Uh, by his wristwatch, I guess. I don't know how she's supposed to recognize that this is her uncle. Is this him? Uh, where's his head? 
We don't know. It's been removed. So, and then um, the police are kind enough to say, okay, well, we're out of here, and uh, you can figure this out from here. So they leave. Yeah. And it's up to you to uh, to search through this mansion of mysteries to find out what had happened to your uncle. And uh, in a secret hidden room in the basement, which every mansion should have, she comes across a book that is bound in uh, bone and human skin. Um and she says, you know what, I should probably Perfectly open this and have a look at what it says, because she's clearly never seen the evil dead. Yeah, maybe I'll speak these words aloud. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Uh, that sign says not to read the book. <laughs> what? So she opens it up, and instantly you are transported back, uh, and it's as if you are seeing what happened to a Roman soldier named Pius Augustus. And um, he is uh, being, he hears these voices in his head. And they summon him down to this this room in the basement of a temple where he has to choose between three uh, artifacts or three essences of these ancient evils to uh, uh, to empower himself with, I guess. Um, and he makes his choice. And then the whole game from that point is traveling through uh, Alex's point of view in current day in the mansion and the different chapters of the book and flashing back to people trying to stop this ancient evil from being resurrected uh, and killing all living things on Earth. And uh, Generally undesirable. That's right, yeah. yeah. Um, that was very well described. Yeah, you like that? Yeah. And that's without Wikipedia or anything. Yeah, I'm just sitting here concise. looking at my Link to the Past clock. <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah. I'm impressed. Yeah, hey, look at that. Good. Not all the bros have to read their uh, lines. Yeah, well, hold on. What am I supposed to say now? <laughs> hey, <put> it, scroll <laughs> down. <laughs> Oh, okay. oh, there it is. Okay, good. Yeah, but I got to tell you, when I first started up that game, and and you start playing, and you're in that mansion, that opening, it looks just like the the mansion from Resident Evil, like the the two stairwells going up and everything. And I thought this is going to be awesome. I would have been happy if the game just took place in the mansion. The fact that they threw in this sort of uh, time travel mechanic and seeing different perspectives from ancestors and things like that in the past, I thought it was it was neat, and it, I I would have been happy without it. But anyway. Moving on, let's get back to the murder mystery thing because that's what it all comes down to: is Alex trying to solve who killed her uncle. Um, what did What did you guys think about the opening overall, uh, J Rock? Do you think uh, Do you think it led into the game perfectly, or or do you think it could have been done a little differently? What do you think? Uh, I think it fit for the game. I actually thought there was going to be more of the police in the game. I thought yeah. they were setting up for this character, but. Uh, the, the policeman just going like, oh yeah, come in here. Oh, by the way, she's already looking at the body. Oh, by the way, it's pretty yeah. bad. <laughs> like, oh, thanks for the warning. Oh yeah, I, I remember actually laughing when it happened. I was like, wow, that, that literally just happened. I guess yeah. the, in Rhode Island, uh, the police force is just a little more lax. Yeah. yeah, it reminded me of like every quintessential scumbag policeman that doesn't care. Yeah, yeah, he's like he's in like a movie. sipping his coffee at the same time as he's yeah, telling that's her. Right. Like, That's right. And you should be like throwing up. You'd think. I don't know. And then, and then when the game starts, it says that she, you know, is fed up with the incompetence of the police force and wants to right. figure it out on her yeah. own. Right. Was it like two weeks later or something after yeah. that? So the next time you see that police officer, he's uh, standing in an alleyway, and the Joker shoots him from above. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Think of the future. Exactly. Yeah. AP one, you. I'm a number one. Yeah. 
Oh, J Rock. Wow. All right. Well, so yeah, as P1 described, that is the opening. So let's get into the, the different gods or, or colors that we chose. Because in the start, as P1 said, you get to pick three different colors. Um, Adam, do you know what the three different colors meant and uh, and what it meant for for the rest of the game? Uh, yes, I do. Um, so there are, for us. there are basically there's three artifacts um, that you choose. There's the green one, which is the essence of Zelatath, um, who's the god of Sandy. There's the blue one, which is the essence of Ulioth, um, who is the the god of uh, magic and and kind of incantation things like that. Hmm. And then there's Chaturga, uh, which is represented by the red artifact. Um, and who's like, he's like the god of flesh and like basically physical power sort of thing. Um, so depending on, it's cool because depending on which artifact you pick, it actually affects the entire game and you encounter similar enemies, but with different traits, depending on which alignment you chose. Interesting. Interesting. So what would be the difference between say the, uh, if you've picked the green one as opposed to the blue one, what, what would be different in the enemies? Okay, so a green enemy, for example, so say you got a zombie. Yep. Um, in this game, you can chop limbs off and things like that. If you mm -hmm. chop off a, a Zelatath-aligned zombie, it'll still have kind of a ghost limb that it can still attack you with. Oh. Um, you're, oh. Still doing, you're still doing physical damage to them, but you can actually um, still take damage from those limbs. They can still use them okay. Oh. Um, and every time they hit you, they will drain sanity from you, um, which is obviously one of the key things in the game. Right. Um, the magic ones will actually, they'll drain magic from you, uh, when they hit you. And they'll also, the blue zombies, for some reason, do this weird thing where they all channel energy and they'll all just kind of blow up at once. Oh. Um, <laughs> but you That's can see it coming from a mile away. It's weird. It's like, um, <laughs> you can like get away really, really quickly because they take forever to do it. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, um, since they just blow up, you don't get a chance to finish them. And so the fact of the matter is, whenever, whenever enemies see you, they drain your sanity, right? Right. So you don't get and you have back. to finish them to get it back, so you don't get that sanity back. So, you know, it's kind of a... Hmm. It's an empty threat, but then at the same time, it's like, oh, Still, I, I can't stop myself from going crazy. <laughs> the blue zombies are kind of like 1980s Christmas lights. You just have to take out one, and the rest of them stop working. That's right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> And then the red zombies are just more, uh, they're more powerful, they're more meaty, uh, they'll grow their limbs back, and they'll also do more physical damage to you. Mm -hmm. And also, if you chop, like, a red zombie's head off, it'll, most zombies will just stand there and, like, kind of, like, they'll fight a grope, grope for where the head was, and then just stand there and swing their arms. Right. Uh, the red ones will actually kind of walk around and swing, and they're a little bit yes, more determined. They sure did. Oh. So this playthrough, um, and, and overall, what colors have you chosen, and what did you choose this time? Uh, me? Them all? Yeah, have you done them all? Uh, I have done them all in the in the past. Um, when I loaded my game up, actually, it shows uh, it keeps track of which ones you've done, and all the runes were there still. Um, mm. I chose Ulioth, the the blue uh, god, because that was the one that I first chose when I first played the game back when I was a kid. Ah, cool. Uh, and so I, I really wanted to have that kind of the same experience that I had the first time I, I played the game. Very cool. How about uh, how about you, J Rock? Which one did you go with? I actually I chose blue as well. Ooh. Yeah, but I didn't Woo. know anything about uh, why oh, I chose those. that. Like, <laughs> uh, I'll tell you why I chose it, and actually, someone agreed with me. 
okay. based on my choice. I, I, I was like, okay, blue, blue is cool and calm. You know, it's water. It's good. Red is fire. Uh, you know, green is poison. So blue seems good, right? Hmm, so that's why I enough. chose blue. And uh, uh, Diener, Mr. Lasagna, Garfield's buddy, he, <laughs> uh, he agreed with me on that. I think he said he picked it for the same reason. Oh, wow. Because it was like, no, think blue, blue it. seems cool. Yeah. It does seem cool. Yeah, <laughs> compared to the burning and like poison. I went with red. I I don't know why. Um, I just went with red. P one had given me a uh, a mild description of what they all meant. I didn't really retain it. I thought that, uh, <laughs> but I just picked red and uh, and yeah, and uh, I definitely had a lot of zombies walking around and trying to hit me without heads. Yep. But, uh, <laughs> But it was jerks. Right. <laughs> Inconsiderate jerks. Yeah, I thought so too. It was it was really helpful that the blue zombies all sort of blew up together with their little energy fields. I know. It's like, what are you guys doing? Like, I'm already 50 meters away. I yeah. I saw you start this 10 minutes ago. <laughs> all right, so we got two blues, a red, and P1. What did you? Uh, I actually started my playthrough with uh, my daughter because I'm up for Father of the Year, so I should. I figured I should play a survival horror game with her to make sure my name gets taken <laughs> off that list. <laughs> and uh, we got to the uh, the room where you select and she looked at each one of the three different uh, ancient uh, essences or essences of the ancients and she thought that uh, Zelatoth, the green one, looked the coolest it kind of looked kind of like an angel and she said angels are good and yeah. that will definitely uh, save me so we chose Zelatoth and uh, then I spent the rest of the game with my sanity meter at almost zero <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, why is that? Why was it so hard to just because of the imaginary? Every almost every monster in the game, all of the zombies were all green, so I was constantly losing sanity. And, uh, oh wow! Yeah. Every hit, sanity gone. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yep, that'll do it. So I can't wait to hear about the effects you saw later. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. The game right. actually turned so, into uh... Mario Sunshine. Here. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that is crazy. <laughs> Yeah, but there's also, uh, I just want to interrupt you there. There's also a fourth uh, ancient evil. So we have Turga, Uliath, and uh, Zelatoth. But there's also uh, Mantarok, who is like the the overall, I am the baddest of the bad mofos, you know, in the realm of giant (laughs) slimy creatures. And uh, he is the one that Pius Augustus actually binds in the first chapter. And it's... uh, He's like he's like the, the the most dangerous one. The other ones work on a rock paper scissors mechanic of uh, which one beats which, and uh, Mantarok is sort of like over overarching over them all. But you don't have the option to select him. Yeah, yeah he kind of keeps track of them all and keeps them in line, uh, and that's mostly what he spends his power mm-hmm. doing. It's like I don't know, watching three children, I guess, or yeah. something like that. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Sounds like a cool metal band, though. Mantarok. <laughs> Mantarok and the Elder Gods. <laughs> yeah, I bet there is a band. <laughs> I think there might be. If hey, not, we'll there's start a band one. right here, guys. All four of us. <laughs> That's right. Boom. I call tambourine. <laughs> Where's that? Oh, you can do it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. All right, P1, I'm going to let you uh, uh, talk about the uh, protecting the world or destroying it point. Yeah, so um, for me, uh, as you're playing the game, Pius Augustus binds Mantarok, who's evil, and then he sort of aligns himself with whichever of the three ancients you choose. So in my case, it was Zelatoth, uh, who only ever ends up looking like a giant eyeball that she, as, she just talks with, uh, <laughs> as she talks with Pius. So you're going through as Alex, 
and she's reading the book and you're going back to all these ancestors and they're doing these things and they're like fighting um, zombies and monsters and some of them fight Pius himself uh, and as you go through you're you're like gathering other ancients and essences and I mean as the game's playing out it wasn't until like the very end that I wasn't certain whether or not I was assembling pieces to fight Pius or if he was sort of using me as a puppet to assemble his pieces so that he could summon his god into the world. And then uh, at the end, uh, it's you realize that you are summoning the pieces to fight him. Um, and you do that, and your god fights his god. And uh, we'll get into the ending after and what that means. But it was I felt the game did such a very good job of sort of not spelling everything out for you all. You know, here's all the cards, here's everything that's happening. Good luck. It sort of left things... Mm-hmm. Um, yep. to your own imagination because I wasn't sure what my motivations were entirely you know it was like I know I gotta do this and in my head I'm thinking I'm definitely fighting for good here but I was sort of ready for that uh, twist you know you always get that twist now it seems in games where oh no Sully's yeah. the Sully's yeah. actually a bad guy um, that never <laughs> happens to Uncharted fans <laughs> but uh, I don't think I only played the first one um <laughs> Uh, yeah, but you, so you're building yourself up for this twist, and then it doesn't happen at the end. Well, sort of a small twist, but it's not. You don't get that point when you're like, "Oh man, I was yeah. he was using me the whole time." So it's, uh, I don't know. I really, I really enjoyed how the game sort of didn't didn't spell it all out for you. Right. Yeah. And and there was a point I I remember playing. Um, I'm assuming this happens to everybody when because uh, your grandfather visits you periodically as a ghost. But at one point, it's revealed that it's pious. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's just yeah. that, one, that one particular scene that it was pious or if it was him the whole time. So it, it does kind of make that thought in your head that maybe this whole time I'm just helping him out. I think... But uh, in that... I was going to say, I think yeah. it's just that scene where it's pious because you can actually notice a significant difference in the tone that Edward is using right. when he's talking to her in that one. Because in the other ones, it's like... Alex, you know, I love you. I, I, I want you to... I wish I could have given you more right. time. I want to help you. you got to be careful. And in that one, he's like, you have to do this. Do it now. Right. You should have died with your parents. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anytime your, your, your ghost grandpa is saying that, <laughs> yeah. that's not good. That's a dead giveaway. If you, yeah. like ghost grandpa, if you like ghost grandpa, you will love Sun's Banners. <laughs> I was just going to say that. So I know you <laughs> Yeah, it's hard to tell if that first one where he's like being nice isn't just pious, like pretending right. to be him and being nice. But right, I don't think it I'm is. Saying. No, because he comes All back right, in I'm the ending, ending, right? Yeah, so I think true, in the first true. case, it's it's actually Edward. Um, and then I oh, think okay. the two times after, I was just like, you should have died with your parents. Well, it's like, holy jeez, Grandpa. And then it's like, oh, pious, you, oh, Grandpa, you mischievous. What big teeth you have. <laughs> One thing that wasn't really, like, revealed is, uh, like, pious, he was a human, then he's transformed. Is he possessed by, like, another force of, of a god, right? Is he yeah. Yeah. pious? Whichever god he like, uses yes. turns him into a lich. Yeah, exactly. He's yeah. basically a, a lich that he's like a servant of that god at that point, um, and so it's not really that he's like I don't know. He's like he he's doing it against his will. Um, yeah, like he's being controlled basically. He, he's not a man with immortal powers that's just on a power trip. No. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, because that wasn't really gone into very much. 
Yeah, that's true. Because yeah. at the end, you just sort of kill him. Like, is there no chance of saving this poor man? But it no. would be cool if you yeah. could save him. Actually, like, is yeah. he a vic- he's a victim of the eternal darkness himself? So yes, right. Yeah, sort of a tragic character. Yeah, you're right. a very tragic character who, who right. looks like Eddie from Iron Maiden covers. Yeah, he really <laughs> it does. does. Yeah. It does. Yeah. All right. Well, since we're already kind of getting into it, let's get into the characters more. Um, let's talk a bit about the main character, which is uh, Alexandra Royvis. Royve. Royvis. Yep. Thank you. <laughs> it's actually it's uh, it's Savior backwards. What? I feel yeah. so Ooh. stupid. I'm staring at it right now and I'm like, how did I not see that? And Alexandra backwards is Arnaxala. Arnaxala. Go home, one P, you're drunk. What is in this tea? (laughs) I have to take a pee. Yep. Moving on. Um, yeah, let's talk a bit about Alexandra. Um, overall, she seems like a pretty good fit. It's, it's pretty rare that you see a, a strong female lead in a, in a video yep. game. And I'm happy to say that this is one that I think did it pretty well. Um, overall, she seemed pretty uh, pretty good, pretty, pretty strong. Um, there was a start at the very start of the game. Um, it opens up. It's like a dream sequence where she's shoot, shooting the, the, the zombies with a shotgun. Do you guys remember this? It's like the very opening oh, yeah, scene. absolutely. Okay. Um, and I thought, wow, this is badass. It was also the first introduction to the gameplay. But yeah. um, but anyway, she seemed like it was a good introduction. She seemed like a, a tough chick. But anyway, what do you guys think overall about uh, Alexandra? Let's start with you, Adam. What did you think about the main character? Uh, she's great. She's, uh, she's like you said, she's a strong female lead. Um, she's very determined. Yeah. Um, I like that she takes it upon herself to do the work that the police can't. She's just like, screw it. I want to know what the heck's going on. Why is my grandfather's head missing? Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> why can't they done. check the dental records, damn it? <laughs> um, but uh no she's she's really good and and you know you you don't really get to play as her much until the very end of the game but i like how she you know she learns things as she reads the book for example and then you know through the gameplay um like you kind of learn with her and you learn how to explore the mansion and stuff like that and uh you know she's just a really yeah i think she's a really really great character i've always liked her yeah i agree completely she has kind of a like an Aya Bria kind of kind of feel to her. Yep. Girls in survival horror games just work, I guess. I don't know <laughs> what it is. But uh, what did you think, J Rock? Did you like Alex? Yeah, yeah, good enough. Not not much. Uh, you know, she didn't really say much. There wasn't too much backstory about her. True. Uh, you know, but a good thing she's trying to figure out what happened to her. You know, grandfather. That's good. Yep. Yeah. Uh, her character design really reminded me of I think uh, Nina. Is it from Tekken? or whatever oh, yeah which yeah yeah you're right kind of reminded me of uh, her that's am i right in that name i don't know let me go check it's a fighting that. game you know what i mean though i do i know exactly who you mean yeah it's always but, hard for uh, me to keep the characters of tekken like straight tekken. because they're always like steve and bob <laughs> yeah and, like, yeah it's like, i know uh... <laughs> yeah i'm pretty sure it is neat it but is. i think you're right i think you're right P1, but, yeah. you like alex overall yeah i thought it was uh no, go ahead, J-Rock. If you're not finished, uh, tell my brother to f*** himself for being rude and trying to move on past you. <laughs> we'll let it, let don't, it try to, don't try to steamroll me, P2. We're we'll in your banana this pajamas. Though. This is all Eddie. <laughs> That's no fun. Well, I was just going to say I liked. Uh, I wanted to add on to what Adam said there uh, about how after each chapter, you learned one more piece to the puzzle to sort of explore yeah. the mansion. And like yep. you had said earlier, player two, uh, I wish there was more mansion to yeah. the game. 
I was sort of disappointed in that. I would have been happy with just exploring a super awesome humongoid mansion. I agree it's... completely. And I think what you, uh, the answer to your question is uh, the Resident Evil remake on GameCube that you have that you need to play. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. That will scratch that itch. Yes. I always thought kind of one of the coolest things actually about the mansion is that it's not like giant and ridiculous. Um, I, I don't want to like uh, get off topic too much, but uh, it's cool because the mansion itself, uh, like the atmosphere is really good in the game. And part of it is because like, I look at that mansion, I feel like it could exist somewhere in Rhode Island. True. Uh, true. Whereas I don't really feel like the Spencer estate from Resident Evil <laughs> could actually be somewhere. It's like, Oh yeah, you need this octagonal shaped umbrella piece to open the <laughs> yeah. door. And oh, True. by the way, watch out for the shambling woman in the basement. Like that, that reminds me, P two. I left my Pentagon shaped rock at your house, and I can't get into my bedroom. So I'm going to swing by after the podcast to get that. How are you going to get right. into your room? Wait, your key only has five sides. That's from like 1980. Yeah, the girlfriend's in there right now, and I'm worried that she's going to be a Colleen sandwich. Oh, oh. All right, P one. Yeah. I think we're ready for your thought. Hold on, J Rock. Oh, you Good. may you may continue. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, yes. sir. I really I liked you. Alex, and the reason I like her the most, two things I liked. One, she didn't spend the whole game screaming and terrified. You know what I mean? Like yes. a lot of really weird shit was happening to her, and she was just like, uh, "This isn't real." You know, but at the same time, she was like, this book is full of a lot of weird... First off, she's like, my uncle has this book made out of human skin. Like, uh, I yeah. feel like their last name could have been Gray. And uh, instead... <laughs> Wait, you keep calling you keep calling him her uncle. Is it her grandfather yep. or her uncle? Like, grandfather. grandfather. Yeah, it's grandfather. Okay. I do keep calling her uncle. I don't know why. Sorry. I'm going to edit in grandfather for every time I said uncle. <laughs> so, yeah, she's... Grandfather! <laughs> she meets her. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Her cartridge. <laughs> so, yeah, but she's not, like, she doesn't, she is, like you guys said, she's a strong female character. She's not terrified. She doesn't act like a, a blonde bimbo in a horror movie, you know what I mean? She acts the yeah. way the, you see Alice act or the way you see Jill Valentine act. Um, and it's really cool. Like, I really enjoy that. And I like how you can almost feel her getting stronger every time she goes into the animus and she comes back. Oh, no, wait. The uh, every time she reads, oh. every time she reads the the tome of what is it, the tome of darkness, whatever. The tome of yeah, every time she darkness. reads it, and the powers sort of bleed through into her. So you can feel yourself getting stronger. Yeah. Like you start off walking through that mansion, and like Adam said, that even the layout, I felt like it was a real mansion. Like after a couple of trips there, I knew where I was going around. Yeah. Um, whereas yeah. Yeah. exactly in Resident Evil, I'm checking that map every eight steps. Um, yeah, it's true. Because why wouldn't there be nine corners in this hallway? <laughs> but uh yeah so as you're walking around the mansion you you're like i'm feeling a little more sure of myself you know what i mean i'm jumping less at the the banging at the door the telephone sounds i i really felt that she grew from the curious granddaughter into uh into a really strong main uh protagonist and i really liked uh really liked playing as her absolutely i agree yeah it is kind of neat how the whole game is just sort of building her up for that last sort of battle and, and and instead of like any other game where you would just use that character and grind over and over again you're using other characters to add to her strength which which is pretty yeah. cool overall. they didn't just they didn't give her all these powers and build up this huge backstory and then just uh have nothing happen to it and peter out into into a pirate movie right right, <laughs> right. 
Dar, I be P1. Broadcasted from me submarine. I hate Ubisoft. Rambot? <laughs> All right, well, let's talk a bit about Pius. I mean, you gave him his backstory. He's like a, a Roman uh, commander. I believe, right? Yeah, okay, that works. Yep. And, uh, man, sort of. His life goes to, to hell after that. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's the first... So the more I think about it, that's the first character that you play as when you open up the tome, correct? Uh, yes, that's correct. So what did that entry... Who put the entry in that would have told that story? He must have. Because his statue as... is the first statue in that hallway, but it's shattered. Yep. Right. It's this actually the, the one that you cut up yeah. yourself. So he wrote. He must have wrote it himself, or maybe the book. Who does anybody actually write in the book, or does the book write? Like, does the does I, it, I never thought does a person that. have to put those words in there, or because of the fact that they're yeah, carrying I'm, the book, is the book just absorbing their recollection of what happened? Maybe. I almost think it kind of writes itself. I believe okay. it's like magically enchanted, and it kind of like yeah. It's never really said if anyone writes it, but I yeah. get the feeling it's. A magical thing. Yeah, like Stephen. Well, King. even it, I would, I would. <laughs> He's magic. That's right. Even uh, if you look at the architect, I can't remember his name. Uh, oh, uh, Roberto Bianchi. Yeah, he uh, he has the book with him, and then he gets shoved in that uh, giant pillar of concrete. So there's no time right. for him to hand the book off. So I think the book sort of saves yeah. itself and positions itself, and I would say it writes itself. Yeah, I I mean it obviously like. It positions itself to the point where it's in that creepy room with the hand <laughs> yeah. screaming. Which all the, the first time I encountered it terrified which... me. Oh, it's man. Creepy. It gives it's it creepy. chills, eh? Yeah. I want that ruin my house. <laughs> yeah. Note to self, do not visit Yeah, Gaya. so pa pa <laughs> Pius is the first one you play as, and I would say the book writes his, uh, his experiences on his own. Okay, yeah. well, that answers a bunch of questions, I guess. Yeah. So, I really thought about that aspect. Yeah. Uh, well, you know what? Let's just lump uh, a few of these guys together, like Elia and Karim. And uh, was there any of them that really stood out for you, especially early on? Let's start with you, J-Rock. Was there anybody that stood out in particular for you? Uh, I thought uh, the one that I liked the most out of them, I think, was Elia. Mm -hmm. I don't know, just because she was exploring the temple kind of for the first time, I believe, right? Yeah. yeah. So everything was kind of unknown. I mean, Karim was kind of a... A dull character, I think. I didn't really like his motives. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I totally agree. Right. But yeah, just her being... Uh, what, what, what was she? Was she like some sort of grave robber or something? Or what was her uh, name? She danced yeah, her. she was like in somebody's harem. Hell yeah, yeah. And um, she was like, I don't want to be in this harem anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think I have... <laughs> I'm pretty sure. So logical explanation, like logical next yeah. step, go ex explore this ancient temple. <laughs> yep. It, isn't that? It's, Let's go 20 miles. It's Lara Croft's backstory, isn't it? Close. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, this is from the uh, the manual from the uh, from the game. Elia was born into servitude and raised as a dancer in the court of Suryavarman. Tell me what that is backwards. The king who reunited the Khmer <laughs> Empire after years of unrest. After reading, a, after finding and reading a strange book, she yearns for adventure, and her curiosity leads her into a temple where she uncovers secrets she was never meant to find. <gasps> I'm actually kind of bummed out because the book only covers six of them, and there's twelve in total. Yeah, 
Hmm. Which, I, did, uh, I, I flipped through yeah, the manual a little. I didn't. I didn't really go through it with a fine tooth comb. But yeah, that's something that struck me as I was being introduced to characters in the game that I didn't know were going to yeah, be in it. So she was yeah. a dancer, and Adam, I apologize. I'll never doubt you again. <laughs> Lesson learned. You said or not. <laughs> Adam knows that's stuff. right. That's why he's the master and commander of replayability. That's right. That's right. Adam, was there anybody in particular that stood out for you? Um, I don't know. <laughs> Elia, <laughs> Elia's okay. Um, I like playing as her because she's a quick character. Um, I, I don't really like her as a character that much because she's just like, I wish something fantastic would happen to me. Right. Then she like just winds up a mangled corpse. Um, yep. Yeah. And, uh, but her chapter is cool because it introduces you to Mandarock, uh, Mantarok and, uh, and all that stuff. Which is creepy um, the first time you walk into that room. Yeah. Just like, oh, this room is full of mouths and eyes. Like, <laughs> yeah. This isn't normal. Um, Kareem is, like J-Rock said, uh, his motivation is sort of lame. Like, I want you to love me. Okay, well, go find this treasure. He's like, well, okay, but don't you cheat on me. It's just like, <laughs> oh. Um, what a loser. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but uh, that being said, Kareem is like, uh, he's a badass. Uh, he gets that huge, like, sword, the Ram Dao. Yeah, and like you just mow down zombies like you're a lawnmower. It's like he's he's cool in that respect. In, yeah. in Kareem's um, defense, when she shows up afterwards and she's like, "Well, you left, and I started sleeping with every guy in the kingdom." He's like, "Well, fuck you then." Yeah, uh, yeah. He's yeah, he like, does. "You don't look so good uh, anymore." I'm outie. Yeah. <laughs> you're all cut up and dead here. I'm just not gonna <laughs> do whatever it is you wanted me to do, and I'm gonna go find a girl who's alive and not uh, a corpse. Yeah. <laughs> And then she's like, oh, come on. We could have eternal corpse sex. And he's like, okay. <laughs> well, okay, yeah, he's like, that sounds well, okay. We're going to wait here for a thousand years for the Chosen. we got to do something. <laughs> um, but yeah, the actual the character that stands out to me in the, in the first three, um, when I was younger, I actually I hated this character. Um, but I've actually really grown to like it was Anthony, um, the, the servant of Charlemagne the Frank. Yes, that's what that's um, the one I was gonna say. That's the guy that turns like more and more haggard as yeah, 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 yeah. And so he basically gets cursed because he takes that curse for Charlemagne, um, right. and he's just like, I have to warn Charlemagne, and uh, he's just so like determined, yeah. And he's just like he's constantly like depreciating, like and like uh, like rotting throughout the entire chapter because this yeah. curse. But he's still got this like giant two handed sword, and he's like, right, I'm gonna kill myself a horror. <laughs> and like he's he's just like so I like his determination. Um, and at first I thought he was really whiny, but uh, I, I've really grown to like him as a character. Yeah, I think he was my favorite overall too. It, it kind of, that whole chapter kind of had like an eco kind of feel to it. With it how did, he, yeah, it yeah. did. Uh, I definitely appreciated that one, and and it stood out to me as well. Uh, how about the you? Environment was the best, I think. The yeah, I enjoyed that. The path church. Yeah, that church is really cool. Yeah, the church was probably the best layout, I think, too. But you liked, uh, who did you like, P1? Uh, I liked Michael Edwards, the firefighter. He was, oh, yeah. uh, he yep. definitely felt like the <laughs> toughest. You know, he, he oh, can, yeah. first he gets blown up, and then he wakes up in the in the temple, and he's like, well, I got my axe. I might as well get to chopping. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you find, he's like, go ahead. No, sir. I was just gonna say he's like the best represent, uh, representative of Canada. Like he's ever. he's pretty much like every Canadian that I've ever met. <laughs> um, so let that be a lesson to you, 
Canadian haters. <laughs> Watch out, everyone. So, uh, yeah. Watch out, yeah. Eh? I mean, he even finds, he even finds like, uh, a semi-automatic weapon and a handgun. And he's like, yeah, you know what, I'm still, or at least when I played him, I was like, I'm, I'm still going to rock this axe because I'm lopping heads off yeah. left and right. Yeah, same. Um, and yeah. up until him, because he's like the, the last one you play as, I think. Um, yeah. second last, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Up until that, yeah, I really... It's en- him and then you play as Alex. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, I really enjoyed... Uh, the reporter, and I can't remember his name. The guy that was in the—that's uh, Peter. Peter. Yeah, Jacob. he was in the uh, in the church during World War II. So we've already seen the church in Charlemagne's time, and once more after that, I believe. Like Paul Luther. Is that uh, was Paul Luther? Uh, uh, during uh, that, yeah. the Inquisition. Yeah, that was a good one too. Yeah, he was cool too. I, I enjoyed that chapter because I've done some reading on the Inquisition, so it interests yeah. me. And he was good. I like yeah, that. I did like how they tied that. I like I like those ones because it's it seems like the ones in the church were the ones where it was. It's almost like you could uh, break down the the different maps into the church was um, more like your investigative one. Like something isn't right on the surface here, and I'm gonna figure out yes. what it is. Um, and the temple yeah. was more like your action ones. Um, yes, I agree. And uh, the puzzles were a little more complicated there. And uh, yeah, I just. And then there was the. Um, what was the other one? And then there was like the temple with, the temple with like uh, with Elia and like, yeah, that's right. The, you go there with Edwin Lindsay as well. Yeah. Th- those booby traps got to be really annoying and tedious oh, after yeah. a while. Yeah, I agree. Um, my my least favorite chapter is actually uh, Edwin Lindsay's. He's like the Indiana Jones-ish dude who goes yeah. to the same temple Elia's in. That's like hated that it's, chapter. <laughs> it's cool because like I see what they're doing. They're trying to make it like a really action heavy chapter. Yeah. But I feel like it, it drags on way too yeah, long. It did. It did. Um, I was like, okay, I get it. Like, you could you could have ended, like, I don't know, it could be half as long, and then I think that would yeah. be fine. Yeah. I think yeah, that was my least favorite. something that really worked well for the game as a whole is by giving you this cast of 12 characters to play as, they sort of eliminate the risk that you're going to really hate the main character. Like, if you only have one character yes. to play as or two and you hate that character, you're not going to play this game. But with 12, mm-hmm. like, the ones that you really like, you're like, oh, I really liked him, oh, but I'm moving on now. That sucks, yeah. but he was really cool. And then it, you know that if it's one that you're not as fond of, um, like the the guy that did the autopsies, um, oh, yeah, Ma- Maximilian <laughs> Warivis. Max is my favorite. Um, I didn't like that one as much. <laughs> is he? Oh, I he goes Max. crazy and ends up in the asylum, and it's That awesome. is pretty cool. His, is a cool he chapter. does have the coolest ending. Um yeah, where he he has because I, I I think we that flash of him seeing himself crazy and then actually at the end going crazy is uh, happens to everyone. Yeah, but that is a really cool ending. And then to find out that he kicked the door in on his servants and shot them all to death. Um, yeah, yeah, that was awesome. And then he all he burned all their bodies and his pile. Yeah, yeah, and so he's like, cool. and he like goes Sealed down to Anga, like he's the first one to discover the city. Yeah. Yes. Yes, he's like, cool I'm going to warn everyone. And everyone's like, you're yeah, You're crazy. And he's like, you bastard. <laughs> Take off that fake yeah. hair. You animals. My <laughs> <laughs> rats eat your eyes. The darkness comes. Um, but yeah, so they, they took it and it was like, there's characters that you really like and you can really enjoy those chapters. And then if there's characters that you're not as fond of, the chapter is over soon and you're moving on to something new. So I think yes. it really uh, worked in their benefit. Although sales yeah, disagree because they this sold less than this was like fifty thousand copies or something. This sold like it sold nothing. Oh. It's, it's funny. It's it's a commercial failure, but you know it's 
you know, it's it's widely praised. Like everybody who plays it likes it. So it's kind of sad that well, it's it, a little bit more pricey, I, I guess. Yeah. Well, it made it made top ten lists for every major gaming website at the time, every gamer gaming magazine at the time. It's on. It's listed as the. Um, I think it's GameSpot's 96th best game ever on any console. Uh, Nintendo considers it its 101st best Nintendo game of any console, which I guess is kind of arrogant thinking that... Anyway. (laughs) Well, you think it's 96th (laughs) of everything? Well, it's only 101st. Because you're forgetting Wario's Woods. (laughs) I like Wario's Woods. (laughs) Let's move on. But uh, yeah, so that's the characters. Um... There's a lot of them, and they're they're all distinct personalities, and they all feel different too as you're playing them. It yeah. was a, a testament to the gameplay mechanics how the characters each one have their own individual feel based on who they are and how they play. Yeah, and they're all and like then, tools and stuff, like weapons of the era and stuff. I really like that kind yeah. of thing. I agree. It's very cool. Yeah. Anybody else hate that crossbow? Like, I never, the crossbow's not great. I never even use it. <laughs> yeah. It made uh, me very cross. Uh, oh. oh. That was, that cross. was true. Oh. <laughs> yeah, right. crossbow's not good. It's mostly just for killing those trappers. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, guns were helpful for that. I saved all my ammunition because I tend to do that. So it was yeah. mostly the melee weapons because it was really easy to kill the enemies. It wasn't hard at all. No. Oh, so yeah. The, the game is really forgiving with the save opportunities. So it really, the game's not that hard to get through. No, it isn't. Which is a good segue into our next topic, which is the, the actual gameplay mechanics. And uh, so let's talk about the controls for a minute. Um, I remember when the game first started and they forced you to use that shotgun in that room, which is just a dream. But it's a great introduction to, okay, I can I can tell that I can target multiple uh, limbs. I can shoot off, you know, legs, arms and legs or and uh, heads. And, uh, and I thought that was a really good introduction because it's it's a pretty cool mechanic and uh what did you guys think about uh being able to chop off limbs and stuff and the overall gameplay mechanics let's start with you i really uh i really enjoyed the fact that um it was so easy to target the different limbs like if you play resident evil one or two um aiming that is like it's ridiculous it's like trying to aim a handgun at the end of a broomstick um (laughs) and then you still can't anything but to to make it so you just had to hold the the target button and then pick a direction for a body part i thought that was really good and it was for the most part uh really responsive like there wasn't very there was a few times but there wasn't too many times when it was like i want to target the head and it wouldn't you know it it seemed to always target what i wanted to target when i wanted to target it and it was really it made the it made the combat fun so I really enjoyed uh, actually getting in there and, and uh, tussling with uh, with the baddies. I agree. Um, I think I didn't enjoy it as much as I could have because I went for the head every single time. I never, ever felt the need to chop an arm or anything like that off. Um, did anybody else play like that? J-Rock, how did you play? Uh, the same as you there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Malie all the way. I thought it was it was made the game really easy in a way, but I wish more survival horror games such as resident evil had the targeting system like that i agree uh and it also made it a lot easier to run around your enemies and avoid being hit as well true for most games you're you're screwed in that respect (laughs) it's true there's no uh dodging and avoiding um how about uh how about you adam how did you play throughout the game 
Um, I I do pretty much the same thing. I I go right for the head. <laughs> okay, yeah, okay. Uh, but I usually when I see a zombie, I pretty much hack it apart piece by piece. I'll go for the head and then the limbs and then so it can't like do anything and that's just like a torso. It's just like, <laughs> what are you gonna do to me, buddy? You're not gonna do anything. Yeah, turn um, blow up. Just do it. Yeah, it was but a scratch. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, no, it's not your arms off. Yeah, <laughs> but the controls are really solid. Um. Like, I really like the targeting system because it's like you always know that, you know, holding whatever way is going to target like those regions. Like, it, it's a definite thing. It's not dependent right. on the camera or anything like that. Which um, is such a huge benefit because if it was camera yes. dependent, I probably would have lost my mind. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And I mean, that's what, one of the tricky things with Resident Evil 1 and 2 yeah. or, or something like that is like basically turning your character and shooting at the proper location. Right. Um yeah, so I agree. I, I think the controls are really solid in this game, and the lock-on system is very cool. I agree completely, and uh, and that's another thing that I would like to bring up is the uh, the the camera. You like you can't control the camera in this game. It's but it sort of has a intuitive way of of swinging around itself. Did anybody else find the camera worked you know well for them, or did anybody have any problems? Uh, Adam, how about you? I I don't think I ran into any camera problems whatsoever. I don't think I ever have. Same here. Uh, it, it reminds me, it, Nintendo's really good at doing that. I don't, I don't know what it is. Um, and like, obviously, they help make this game. Um, but like, it makes me think of Super Mario Galaxy. Um, right. Like Super Mario Galaxy, you go through the whole game and you're just like, like you don't even think about the camera at all. It's true. And it's uh, great. Yeah. And, and Eternal Darkness is the same way. Like the camera's like it's following you around. But like, there was a part where I noticed. Um, I think I was playing as Peter Jacob and it was in like a room with like a whole bunch of, there's like a whole bunch of dead bodies or something like that on the ground. Mm -hmm. But like, like they've got the camera on like the perfect track to go through the room the proper way so that right. you can explore anywhere you want without having to worry about the camera being a problem. And I think it's phenomenal. It was, it was very well designed. Did, uh, did you have any problems or anything, J-Rock? Uh, there was only a couple times where I got stuck in uh, some of the temple parts because uh, maybe one of the walkways you couldn't see properly while walking by. Okay, yep. Yeah, stuff like that. But overall, the camera didn't have any problems for me. No. That's good. And and it's so funny because usually when you think of the old survival horror games, that's the first thing that people bring up is the fixed camera angles and how it just purposely doesn't show you some things. But this game really did it right. Yeah, um, I agree. How about you, P1? What did you think? I, I agree. I echo all of your sentiments. Uh, the camera, it was a fixed camera, but it wasn't a hindrance. It was actually more, right. I think it enhanced the experience. Uh, had I had control of the camera, I would have been spent a lot of time slewing it around, probably like a drunken sailor. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I, I really, yeah, the, the angles were perfect, I found. And like you guys mentioned, the way that it tracked through the rooms and through the hallways, it's almost like they said, it's almost as if, and this might sound crazy, but it's like they played it beforehand and said, this is the path that a person is most likely going to take to give them the best view. They, you could tell they put a lot yeah. of, a lot of effort and a lot of love into this game. It's true. I mean, each character has their own gameplay style, and we have uh, Assassin's Creed can't make a female skin for for their game because they say it's going to take too long to make moves and stuff for it. Uh, we have yeah. twelve different ones in this <laughs> one game. Uh. Interesting. It just shows the love they put into it. That's for sure. Um, so we kind of talked about the uh, the fighting difficulty and how it uh, you know it ranged from from easy to um, we'll say medium. But in terms of the puzzle difficulty, because there was a lot of different puzzles throughout the game, did anybody have any uh, trouble going through? How about you, J Rock? 
What did you think about uh, the Everything was pretty straightforward. I, you know, as soon as you start in the mansion as Alex, you, you, you look at the clock, you find the, the dresser key, like, this stuff is yeah. very apparent, like, what you're supposed to look at. It's true. It sort of had you a way of guiding you. Right? Respect. Yeah. Uh, well, sometimes, you know, there's always backtracking and stuff, and I did get caught a couple times where I had to look up a walkthrough. Uh, but just because of camera issues where, like, I didn't see a hallway. Right. Yeah. I had a moment, the the hardest puzzle for me, which it wasn't actually even a puzzle. It was when you're playing as Maximilian and um, up by, like, the stained glass window, there's a little envelope tucked in the corner. Uh, right. Yeah. Remember that? I, I just didn't see it and I couldn't catch it. And I ran around that mansion. I don't know how many times until I finally, <laughs> finally clicked on it. But other than that, I, I really didn't have any trouble with the puzzles either. Um, but uh, how about you, Adam? Uh, I think the puzzles, uh, yeah, they're pretty straightforward. Um, a lot of them just really involve knowing the alignments and uh, yeah. and which ones beat which ones. Um, I find that comes into play a lot with the puzzles. That's and true. I feel like once you have the rock, paper, scissors thing down pat, you you're pretty much got all the puzzles figured out. Um, except for like the occasional one where it's like, you must find 48 keys or whatever the heck. And <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And, you know, like, obviously you're just like, well, it's this. I don't want to spoil yeah. it in case I was listening. But, uh, <laughs> you know, there's like, a spoiler alert. Yeah. No, you can spoil whatever you want. I told them at the beginning not to listen. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, a friggin' yeah. piano. It's a piano, um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, I, I find a lot of the puzzles are straightforward, and like even those ones like that just use clever wording, like forty eight keys is like they're pretty easy to figure out. Yeah, you're exactly right. I remember getting uh, in that same one with Maximilian. I had to cast um, Reveal Invisible, and I kept casting the symbol that it's showing, and I'm like, why isn't this working? I'm casting the symbol, and then I remembered, oh right, yeah, it's uh, yeah. what's that? <laughs> yeah. I remember being very frustrated for a short period of time, but <laughs> figure it out. It's all smooth sailing from there. Exactly. And then you can you, like, obviously you get to use that against like the enemies, for example. Right. Cause right. Right. Oh, yeah, weapon, weapon enchanting. Oh. oh, what a difference it made once you figured that out. So loved good. It. Loved it. All right. P1. How about you? Would you have any troubles with any of the puzzles or anything? Um, there was the only there was two puzzles. One that uh, at the beginning is when uh, my daughter was playing. It was the time to set the clock to, um, and oh, I was yeah. I was sitting there and I she had died and we didn't save it. So we I was playing through the beginning again and I was like skipping through all the stuff at the beginning and I was trying to to rush oh. and I was like I tried to set the time of the clock and I couldn't get it and she was like it's whatever time it was when you woke up in your dream and I'm like I don't remember what time that was to you and she's like no I'm like you're the worst you're the worst <laughs> kid ever. And um, <laughs> if you wait long enough in the hallway, the clock that's in the hallway is set to 333. Um, it's stuck yeah. there. But uh, also you hear a voice that says 333 uh, if you wait long enough oh. without doing it. So I don't know if that happens with all the puzzles because that was the only one that I uh, I, oh, I had there. a long delay on. Oh, yeah. And the other one, um, I liked – I mean I liked that the puzzles weren't super difficult because I don't, I don't need to – I'm playing a game to have fun and enjoy myself. And I like – you know, I like to feel smart. So <laughs> when uh, when things are a little easier to figure out, it's good. It makes me feel smart. Um, but the one that I had the the most uh, like actual trouble with was uh, the blown circuit breaker. I was searching for a fuse all over that house, and because every time we got a new oh, character, yeah. I would open it up the menu and I'd go through his inventory to see what he had. And I saw that um, I had the penny, the scratched penny, his lucky penny. 
And then when I found that, I was like, okay, the lights are out, the powers go. I gotta get, I gotta find this fuse. I was, I searched every room four, five, six, seven times looking for this <laughs> fuse because in my head, based on what I do for work, I was like, I can't put a penny in there. <laughs> you can't use a penny for a fuse. Right. I don't care how that lucky is so you dangerous. <laughs> I don't care how lucky yeah. it is. And then I yeah. get to the point when I was like, "What? The, what am I doing wrong?" So I opened up my inventory. Like I was exasperated. I was sitting in my chair and I was like, "I've looked everywhere. I'm not looking this up. There is no fuse in this room. In this in this whole place. Uh, I think that's in the church. <laughs> um, there's no fuse in this whole church. I don't know what's going on. Was it the church or the mansion? Mansion." mansion. Uh, yeah, there's, there's no there's no fuse here. I've looked everywhere. This is killing me. I don't know what I'm going to do. And I was flipping through my inventory, and I was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> they want me to put this penny in there. And then it clicked, and the lights came back on. Yeah. <laughs> but I... Love it. I'll help yeah, you. I liked, I mean, I, I liked that the puzzles weren't... They weren't... Uh, they were... I don't want to say they were easy, but they were the right difficulty for the game. Uh, if you're playing the game, yeah. you're not... Your time with the game won't be spent. It's not going to be consumed trying to figure out how to solve the puzzles. It's going to be more right. enjoying your experience through the game. You know what I mean? It's at no point you're going to be yanked out of your experience and said, uh, "I'm really stupid that I can't figure out that I have to play the piano." Right. Uh, and I think that's I, I think that's a good thing. You know, it's nice to have them in there so that you're not just walking room to room. And it's also good that they're not so difficult that you sit literally stumped not being able to advance the story. Yep. Right, right. Like with the candles and the picture of the sunrise, you have to line those up. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. I mean, it's not... It's it's obviously... It's it's easy. and You, you figure out what to do. Um, but it's not like... like that, they could have made that really cryptic and difficult. Like... Yeah, very. Yeah, easy. like Silent Hill style. Yeah, exactly. Right. Where it's like, if you don't know that uh, right you have to throw a can of soda down a, uh, you know. Oh, I was gonna say that. <laughs> I, was gonna say that. <laughs> I hated that. Because there's. What do I do with this? Yeah, drink? There's no indication exactly. that that's what you're supposed to do. So I like that the puzzles were the difficulty yeah. they were. I think it's uh, it it makes the experience better as opposed to making it more difficult. Yeah, well said. Agreed. Um, All right. One of my just. Uh, I don't know. One of my favorite things about the puzzles is how they carry over. Um, like you, for example, in Elias chapter, um, you do the sun, tr- the sun kind of puzzle, right? Um, and then you use that as Alex. And then right. in Kareem's chapter, you enchant a weapon and like insert it into a slot to open a door. You do the same thing as Alex. I like how they incorporate those things that you learn in each chapter into the puzzles within the mansion. I, I think it really drives it home and it makes you kind of learn the functions. I agree. Um, all that yeah. stuff a little bit better. It makes you remember you, it, you know? Yeah, it teaches you without saying you're being taught yeah, this. Exactly. It's a, it's a hidden you're tutorial. You're like forced to use it again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're like forced to use it again, so it's just like, and then you're just like, oh yeah, I can do this. Yep. Love it. One of my favorite puzzles was like the Raiders of the Lost Ark style one. Felt like indie. Oh, uh... Which like one? You get the like staff and all Oh, that. yeah! Oh yeah, yeah right. Yeah. That right. is a good one. You gotta angle yeah, it cool. for the light. It was super cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then you kinda do the same style puzzle at the end as Alex in the, the big room that you know you, you're able to access from the beginning of the game and you're like, okay, something's gonna happen here. Yes. Yeah, yes. the observatory. I don't know how many times I ran into that room thinking now's the time I can do that room, but it never was. <laughs> yeah. 
there's a there's actually one thing in that chapter uh i remember you guys were talking about how crappy the traps are in that chapter because they're just like it's like okay i'm sorry the traps now um nice. there's these i don't know if you guys found them in edward Lindsay's or edwin Lindsay's chapter um there's little panels that you can push in on the wall and they don't seem to do anything yes yes what yeah. were they uh, so basically what they do is they turn the traps off in the hallways for about 15 seconds. Oh, I so didn't if you, know. Yeah, so if you hit those and then you book it down like the uh, the hallways, the traps won't activate at all and you can just you can just rip down the whole thing without any worry. Wow, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> but like you, you, you would never know. No. Like you would never know. I, I remember when I was like younger, I, was, I had to look that up. I was like, what do these even do? And it's just like, oh. That makes things a lot easier. Oh, I thought it was like opening a door or something. Yeah, it's, no. it's really strange. We should figure that out because Edwin Lindsay backwards, his traps are off now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about magic because we all sort of seem to be on the same boat when in terms of the weapons. Uh, we all like melee. But what about the uh, the magic? What kind of magic did you guys use? And, uh, and did you use it a lot throughout? I mean, I, I know I was refilling my sanity bar quite a bit. But uh, but did you guys use like the offensive magic or the shield magic much? Uh, how about you, Adam? What did you use in terms of magic? Um, I don't often use the shield unless I really need to. Um, yep. And I actually find there's some really kind of obnoxious parts where you have to use a shield uh, where you shouldn't have to. Um, I'll get into that later. Um, okay. <laughs> but but the the magic I like yeah, enchanting your weapons just to like beat the crap out of the enemies way easier is just super fun. Like yeah. there is nothing better than playing as Michael Edwards and enchanting that assault rifle and <laughs> loading up the grenades and just obliterating anything in your path. Like, wow. yeah, it, it's, it's really, really oh, awesome. I didn't, I didn't try the grenades. Me neither. Uh, oh yeah. Sorry. You just, uh, you just enchant the weapon itself yeah. and then any ammo you do um, will be enchanted with that, uh, with that enchantment. Um, That's awesome. But I yeah. didn't use the assault rifle at all. I, I really oh. uh, just sort of for, forgot about it and dropped the ball on that one. If, if you just, like, enchant it and then unload in the face of those stupid, you know, those gatekeeper things that look like the Grim yes. Reaper? Yes. They go down in, like, a second. It's just like, well, you got no chance. Nice. <laughs> Canada! Nice. Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> yeah! Canada! Fucker! <laughs> yeah. Fighting fire uh, with grenades. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> grenades fix everything. Well, you um, know what? Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about the, uh, the times where you had to use shield? Because it seems like a good enough time now. Okay, the shield, there's parts later on where the, the floor is, like, it's trapped with, like, stuff Electric. that... Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there's there's one part where it's okay, where you're just going down a hall in kind of the temple. I think it's in uh, Roberto Bianchi's chapter. Or maybe it's Mike's. I don't remember. Well, I think you're right there. He's he's the guy that they, they send down to explore to make sure yeah. that everything can right. be built there. Yeah, right. I'm pretty sure the it surveyor. starts with his. But uh, the one part that ticks me off is, like, right at the end when you're playing as Alex... And the yeah. floor on that main area is always electric and you like have to cast floor. a shield. Yeah. I know. And it's like, you don't get a chance. Like you'd think that you'd go across it once and there'd be a switch to turn it off or something. Yeah. yeah. But instead they're just, every time you enter that room, you're like, okay, time to cast my seven point shield. Yeah. And it's like, it takes, it's just tedious. I find. And like, even the first time you go through that, you actually have to cast it twice. Like to get over the whole thing for like the right. whole length of it. Yep. And then also cast a a dispelled magic at the end to get rid of the field in front of the door. Right. That's and it's right. like, you know, like, I feel like there's a way they could have streamlined that room. It's it's not a problem with the shield itself. It's a problem with that room. I think they just could have. It's true. 
it's, and it's just one thing strange. if you, you only had to do it once but <laughs> yeah yeah but it's just like every time you go in that room you're using like half of your magic meter gone uh, yeah which you know it's okay because as you run you get it back right but it's still like it's time that could be better spent you know just running for the door after you've done it once and hit a switch right right i agree you know? completely yep it would have been such an easy fix that's a whole nother uh can of worms though that whole uh when you're playing as Alex at the end and also as her grandfather's story, yep. you're having to do every single one of those uh, towers. Yeah. Yeah, the yeah. towers. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a bit tedious. It was. It was. It was. J Rock, tell us, what was your uh, magic of choice? Did you use a lot of magic throughout? I, I, I didn't at the beginning, but then, you know, as you go on, it becomes necessary. Yep. So I, I would be pretty uh, regular with casting my magic. I would cast uh, Magicka Pool. <laughs> Right, and so my magic would replenish faster. Right, and then I would also cast a shield and enchant my weapon, and I'm good to go. Yeah, jeez, that's a that's a lot of magic. You got it done. Yeah, I, I was I was fully loaded. I would I would definitely fully load myself and save before a situation. So that's what I mean. The game's pretty forgiving with your saveability. It's true. <laughs> You're not running for a typewriter or a yeah square. Yeah. <laughs> trying to find like ribbons. Put those like, ribbons. nobody produces ribbons yeah. anymore. <laughs> right, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Saving in uh, Raccoon City has become quite limited over the years. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, J Rock, what did you think about the end of the game when you when you had to light up all those eight towers for both your grandfather and for Alex? Um. And and having to run across that floor. Well, I guess you already had shield on, so it wasn't so much of a big deal for you. But uh, yeah. did you find uh, those last two levels kind of tedious, having to light yeah, up all? Yeah, it was really tedious. Like yeah. I got I got the idea of it. Like you have to hit the yeah. switch then transport to this area and then fight some guys and go back to that room and then hit a switch right. and then transport and you do that a whole bunch of times yeah yeah and i could appreciate yeah. it for sure and, and when i did it with as um her grandfather i thought for sure when i got there as alex it would mean that it was already done by him so i wouldn't have to do it again as alex right yeah. so when i got there as alex and realized i had to do it again i was a little, a little perturbed but <laughs> what uh what they probably should have done in that case is because obviously the first time when you play as Edward, mm -hmm. you go there and you cast a dispel magic on the area. Is that That's right. right. Yep. So you've you got gotta, you blow away all the six paragons yes. and then your three other spells, your three other runes. Yeah, they could have left the paragons so there. That's exactly what I was going to say. They should just leave the paragons yeah. in there, and then you, all you had to do was switch out the other three, right? Um, other two sense. actually, um, and then that would really speed things up there to the point where you're not being bogged down because it doesn't help that you like you do those two chapters pretty close to each other like i think you play as edward yeah. and then i think you play as mike mike yeah, yeah. and then alex. and then and then you play as alex like almost yeah. like yeah they were so close so, together i did it all in the same day and it was like oh <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah um, how about UP1? What uh, what was your magic of choice, and uh, how did you feel about uh, those last? Two? I actually used magic very, very sparingly because it was probably the most annoying part of the game. Listening to Chachurga, Pargon, Artek, Redgamore, Pargon, Pargon, over and over again. So I had uh, recover health on uh, a hotkey. And recover sanity on yep. a hot key. Yep. And um, those are the only two I used, other than when I had to use shield to run across the floor. And when I had to use um, 
attack, magic attack against uh, the one mini boss. And uh, right, yeah, I guess I yeah. didn't enchant my weapons. Yeah. I didn't. Uh, I didn't cast shield. I only used reveal when I had to for the like. I, I used the spells. I only summoned when I had to for those puzzles. I didn't hardly use any spells at all because it was. I mean, I uh, I spent a lot of time casting sanity heal because I was down a lot, um, and yeah. it was yeah, it was uh, it it just I I mean I like that the the magic didn't see it wasn't just sort of a throwaway on casting magic. This is a big deal. Casting mm-hmm. this spell is a big like yeah. this is a monumental. Like I'm doing something super important right now. There, like these, <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of voices, and I have to stand perfectly still. For this to work, or yeah, yeah. Gonna, you know, some demon somewhere is going to suck me in, and it's going to be terrible. You know, I liked how yeah. important the magic felt, and I guess sort of because of that, I was like, I'm going to use this as little as possible. Because uh, fair enough, yeah. On the flip side, yeah. in the middle of the fight with Pius, if you take a couple of hits, uh, you suddenly move a lot slower than he does, and you're not getting away to cast your Chaturga, Paragon, Redgamore, Paragon, Artek, Paragon, <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, you're pretty good at that. Yeah, well, you've been practicing at home, haven't are you? Are you secretly an archon? Uh, anyway, guys, thanks for being oh, on the show. Yeah. You an ancient? Yeah. yeah. I gotta go talk to my bitch. Adam. <laughs> Stop talking to me again. Yeah. So um, yeah, I didn't. Uh, I I didn't. I didn't dislike the magic. I like that it. Because I mean, these are regular people walking around. You're not living in a fantastical world. You know what I mean? This is real, real, this is Earth, this is real life, and it's, like, sort of under the surface is, here's this ability that we have to tap into, you know, these mystical powers, and it's a big deal to do it. It's not just as easy as, you know, pausing the screen, opening a radial yeah. menu, and raining down with a Salamandros. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, the, the magic, you know, it's really cool. I've always thought, like, when I fir- the first time I played it through, I was like, man, if, if magic, like, if this kind of magic were in, like, like actually existed, it would look like this. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, the yeah. runes with the light coming out of them and, like, the way they, like, raise up and, like, slam the ground and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I agree. Um, no, it's It's interesting, actually, that you, uh, that you can't move when you're casting it. Um, I think that adds to it. It's a good way that they, it, yeah, it's a good way that it creates tension. Because, like, Agreed. for Agreed. example, when you're, uh, when you play as Max, and you're you're fighting like a horror in the in the main room, and you, you need to heal, right? Yep. Yep. And this like this horror is just lumbering towards you, and you're just like, oh, like Chaturga, like speed things up, talk yeah. a little bit faster. <laughs> and he's just like, you know, you just barely make it. And it's like, uh, it's kind of like this weird kind of exhilaration. I, I really like it, but oh, I, I do understand like the whole, you know, like, it does take a long time, especially the seven point uh, spells. Yeah. Um, they take a long time to cast. Oh, and when and when you false cast one of those, uh, uh, yeah, that really, yeah, it's yeah, like you feel it. magic. <laughs> yeah, yeah you, oh, it's and I like I did like that 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 tension that would build, you know, because it's like I need to get this off. Oh, please don't touch me! Please don't touch me! And there are times when, <laughs> like, they are coming right down to the wire. He's getting ready to swing his arm at me, and I'm like, I'm like, I got two paragons oh, yeah. left. Oh, come on! <laughs> you can uh, you yeah. can just you can cheat it just a little bit. Just as you start saying the last yeah. one, you can move and you still get it. Um, yeah, yeah, there is you do you do get to learn that sweet spot after yeah, a while. But uh, <laughs> it was uh, I did I I didn't dislike the magic. I just didn't use it that much. Um, so yeah, yeah even my weapons. I felt, I felt using it kind of made the game a lot easier. So you not it using it definitely made it more 
uh, a much more difficult experience for yourself, which in a wake, I guess, could be rewarding. Yeah, for sure. Right. It is. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it is good for like I, I was in the same boat. I used to restore insanity, the sanity meter, the health. And uh, and I loved enchanting weapons though. Like that was probably my yeah. favorite. Enchanting weapons is really cool. Yeah, you can't go without it. Yeah, it was awesome. But uh, speaking of sanity meter, let's get into the. Uh, well, first let's discuss the sanity meter. Let's. Uh, <laughs> we didn't really say about it. P one, why don't you give us a, a brief description of what the sanity meter? Okay, is? so uh, we're an hour twenty minutes into this podcast ish, <laughs> and we haven't discussed the one factor that takes eternal darkness <laughs> from being. Uh, run-of-the-mill generic uh, psychological horror or a survival horror type game into to making it the phenomenon that so many people who have played it talk about it. And if you're still listening at this point and you <laughs> haven't played this game and you think, man, this sounds really good, I want to play it, stop right now because we're about to ruin every single one of the sanity effects. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you've been warned. So... The sanity meter, um, along with your health meter and your ma- magic meter, you also have a sanity meter, and it measures how sane your the character is that you're playing as. When monsters see you, your sanity meter drops. When some monsters hit you, your sanity meter drops. Um, just sometimes your sanity meter drops for the hell of it. Uh, and it's yep. it's cool because as a person, I think, if I suddenly saw a zombie walk around the corner, I'd get a, you know, my sanity would drop a little bit. <laughs> A little know? bit, a little bit. Um, so as the meter drops, the game starts to do things that make it different. Um, your camera angle tilts. So you can actually feel, the, like, as you're playing the character, you can feel this character sort of losing a little bit. The walls start to bleed. Um, they start to hear voices. You'll hear, like, a, a knocking at the door. Uh, you hear a baby crying, and you hear, like, uh, screams. And all of this stuff... Ha- like a woman sobbing. Yeah, so. a woman, that's right, a woman sobbing. Um, and all this stuff is in the game. And there are sometimes... Some some of the coolest ones, you'll walk into a room and start fighting monsters in the room and start going through the room, and all of a sudden it snaps and you're out. You're back. You have never even gone through the door into that room, and it's like what what just happened? I just did that, but you didn't actually do it. You'll go through the door in some rooms and you'll you'll see the characters start to sink through the floor. Um, there's a there's lots of them where you go into a room and as soon as you walk through the door, you're torn apart by zombies, zombies, and you die and it's game over. Um, your head goes off and then your arm yeah. goes off. Yeah, away. yeah. So, yeah. and then you're just this torso running around spewing blood everywhere. It, I, had, yeah. I didn't have that happen. That's not Oh, awesome. it's, there's one uh, there's... I went through, I was, I hit reload to reload my handgun. And as he tilted the gun back to reload, I shot myself in the head and died. Yep. <laughs> and uh, so there's all these, mecha- and then the person, you know, then the character you're playing as snaps out of it and they're like, they're, they're panicked. They're like, this isn't real. This isn't happening. Um, and that part, if if the game just did that, it would be very cool. Because you can sort of see how these people, as you're playing, you know I didn't shoot myself in the head. You know? But it's cool yeah. because you see sort of the character losing it a little bit. But yeah. um, Silicon Knights went a level above that. And they decided that they were going to make Eternal Darkness the Trolls game. And the sanity meter doesn't just affect what happens to your character, but it also affects how you see the game. Um, and things will happen in the game, and we'll, I'm going to give everybody a chance here to talk because I've sort of been going. But uh, there are effects in the game that break the fourth wall, and they make you as a player go, wow, what? what, What's happening? Um, <laughs> and it's, it's really exciting, and I really enjoyed it. I tried to keep my sanity meter up as much as I could, 
so that the times when things happened, like I wouldn't notice maybe right away that it was dropped. So when things would happen, it would give me that sort of jolt. Um, yeah. So I want to take this. Uh, I want to talk about some of these, uh, some of the the better sanity moments, some of the scares. So uh, J Rock, would you tell us like what are some of your what are some of the biggest ones that you remember? Some of the ones that you enjoyed the most? Uh, like uh, the one that makes your TV screen go black and then it says video up in the top. I yeah. think. Yeah. Like you're changing the input. As well as the, classic. Yeah, and the volume it, it goes down. Yep. Everything goes quiet, and you think you're sitting on your remote. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm so jealous because I kept my meter up, and I, I've only ever had one or maybe two experiences. But these are the things that I heard about prior to playing this that that I was really looking forward to getting into. And I should have let it drop on its own. I but. I really didn't uh, put too much effort into trying to keep it up there, and so I had a lot of different yeah. ones. There's one where you're running and you're like sinking into the floor. Mm -hmm. Yep. Oh, cool! And then, and then you, uh, and then you snap back to the start of the room, I believe. Yep. There's uh, uh there's also awesome. one, there's one where your head pops off and starts uh, reciting, uh, Hamlet. Hamlet. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Oh, cool! Yeah, yeah, you like pick it up again, and it's like you're holding like Yorick's skull or something yeah. like that. It's cool. That is so um, cool. If your if your meter is low enough early on in the game, and you're playing as Alex, and you go into the guest room or the bathroom. You walk over to the bathtub. There's like a, a moment from The Shining where it cuts to a body in the bathtub and it's full of blood. Um, yeah, that's you can, did it. Did you happen. can actually uh, you can trigger that anytime you oh, want. Oh, really? Um, yeah, if you just go in there. I remember when I was like the first time I played through. I was just you know how you go through a survival horror game and you're you're walking against the wall and you're hitting the button to see if you can find yes. something. Yes. And so I did that in that room and I came to the bathtub. And all of a sudden, it just screams, and there's Alex, and there's blood in the thing, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, <laughs> it's like, and it's like the only really, I don't know. I think it's the only true kind of jump scare moment of the game. Yeah, I agree. It's mine. And it's, I agree with that. And I agree. it's totally optional because it's just like it all depends on you exploring at your own pace. Right. And so, it's kind of based around the fact that you're just going to find it on accident because yep. you. You check everything else in the mansion, and it's just like, oh, this portrait looks scary. There's a lot of edges. <laughs> yep. And that's just like, so you expect the bat to be like, oh, it's from Victorian England, 1880. And then, no, it just screams at you, and then you can never yeah. check it again. It's just like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, it was crazy. Wow. I remember that. It was crazy. I was expecting more things like that. Same but here. I, it, it didn't deliver in that respect. Yeah. I like that there wasn't so in many fact, jump scares. Um, there was one where I saw, like, flies walking across the screen. Um, <laughs> one of my... The uh, I saw when I got to the one I went to save it and uh, it said, uh, "Do you want to delete file? Yes or no?" And I was like, uh, "I'm gonna hit the wrong button." So I went to no, and then it was like <laughs> deleted files, and I was like, "What the fuck is happening?" <laughs> yeah, it's stupid. Yeah, yeah. Um, that yeah. was a good one. And I did. It, did everybody else get the one uh, at the end of one of the chapters? Like you cut back to Alex, and then it cuts to like a game over screen. It says to be continued. Yeah, yeah, I did get that. Yeah, and it was like after chapter yeah, two or something. I got that. <laughs> Coming soon, yeah. Eternal Darkness, Sandy's Redemption. Yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> I, I think it happens. Yeah. I think it happens at the end of Max's or something. That like sounds that. about right. I think it's the first time he plays another Royvis or yeah. something. Oh, I'm so this, uh, Yeah, had... it's cool. See, the good news for you, P2, is that this game has such high replayability that you can go oh, back oh. and uh, experience the story again because you have to actually beat it having chosen each one of the three gods to get the true ending. So this is an option for you to go back and play it again to get some of these, because there was a lot, um, a lot of different ones. 
Yeah, I had like I it, it dropped low one time, so I went to cast uh, regain sanity, and it destroyed me and like ripped me in half. And that was yeah. the only one that really happened to me, and it, and it did scare the crap out of me <laughs> because at that point in time in the game, I didn't know if you could miscast and actually hurt yourself. So I thought I was dead. <laughs> but, yeah. How about you, Adam? Was there any that uh, happened to you that we didn't mention yet? Um, I didn't really like let that many happen to me because I just don't do that anymore for some reason. But I remember yeah. like the like. When I first played through, um, you know, I played through normally, but then one time I played through, so I was at super low sanity the whole time, so I had to experience all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of my favorite ones is actually the one you're talking about, P1, uh, with, the, with the insects on yeah. screen. Because one time I was playing, like, really late at night, it was dark, and <laughs> I, see this, I see this outline of a fly on the screen. And uh, I actually got up. <laughs> and I went up to the screen and I stuck my thumb to the screen because I was expecting to squash this fly. That's hilarious. <laughs> and then all these flies start co- I'm just like, oh, you got me, you jerk. Oh. Um, I, I really like the uh, statues. I like the statues watching yep. you. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's creepy because you're just like, whoa, whoa. Like, first yeah. time you see it, you're just like, ugh. Yeah. I know, and they made like, no reference to it. It's like, wouldn't she say something? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's just like, oh. You can't even press examine. Yeah. And she's yeah. like, oh, this is weird. Right. Yeah. The, uh, um, the books in the library. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, and also the poker, uh, the the poker for the fireplace. Yeah. Sometimes it'll stoke the fire. Yeah. Oh. Uh, on its own. I was, there was one where you're on the second floor. And a set of pistols, like they're being held up, like somebody's holding them up in the air, yeah. walk past you. Yeah. And it was when it happened. I was That's like, right. oh, I wonder what that one is. And then shortly after that is when I busted the door in and I saw Maximilian, like carrying the pistols down the hallway and shooting his, uh, shooting his servants. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, that just reminded me of The Shining. That part, like this, like the whole place is driving him crazy to do yeah. that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's um there's one in the piano room. Sometimes oh, you go in yeah. there. There's a guy hanging, yeah. and you can talk to him. Um, <laughs> yeah, and he's just like, does he say like, I'm watching you or something like yeah. that? What? This it's, sounds yeah, awesome. Um, one of the funny things actually that happened to me during this playthrough, um, there's something wrong with my Eternal Darkness disc. I think like I feel like it's scratched or something, um, and so it had trouble playing on. Uh, I was playing it on the Wii originally, and. I went into this room. I think it was right before Kareem's chapter. It was the one where you go in to find his chapter page. Mm-hmm. And all the walls were screwed up. Like, and I'm pretty sure, like, all that happened was that it didn't read the disc right. And the glitches, like, it glitched out. And the textures didn't load properly. Right. But, like, it's funny. It was just funny that it happened in Eternal Darkness. Because right. that's something that could happen in Eternal Darkness. You're just like, oh, Eternal Darkness. You're being such <laughs> yeah. a troll. You little uh, scamp. That's yeah. funny. So, wow. so I had to like think about it. I was just like, okay, is this a sanity effect or is it just like, is there something wrong? <laughs> and so I left the room expecting it to do the, like the flash. Um, yeah. And then it didn't. So it's just like, there's just something wrong with my disc. <laughs> oh, wow. But it, it's just cool that it can make you like right. almost third, right. third guess yourself. That's hilarious. That case, it was really weird. <laughs> That's pretty interesting. You trolled yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I had disc issues as well trying to play it on my GameCube. And it would have it would say disc read error. And yeah. then I, I put played it in my Wii and didn't have any problems. Yeah, mine's like the exact opposite. I had to play it on my cube to make it work. And even then, like the uh the a lot of the dialogue was skipping, but I think I just need to get the thing buffed. Oh, hmm. Yeah. I, I also played on my Wii. 
which I'm so grateful that it does that. Yeah, I've never used that feature before on it. It's pretty cool, eh? Yeah. I uh, I played it on the GameCube, but uh, I really I just the scares and the the way they the way they implemented it. I really enjoyed it. I'm really glad that I didn't look too much into the game beforehand because I wouldn't want it to be spoiled. And it, it makes me sad because if they made a sequel to this game, or the, even even if they made a game that had a different name, you, the internet would ruin every single one of those moments before you ever had a chance to put yeah. the disc in. They it's would true. almost have to make it yeah. in secret, like with an unnamed project in secret, and not even call it Eternal Darkness, give it another name. Um, yeah. And... Uh, you know, then it would uh, then he would have that opportunity to experience it, not send out review copies, stuff like that. Uh, yeah, and of course, it's, uh, they could they could, uh, they could call it Operation Absence of Light, <laughs> Infinite Absence of Light. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's actually funny that you talk about um, a sequel, because I don't know if you guys ever heard of Shadow of the Eternals. That was a Kickstarter, did, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, and it was supposed yeah. to be like it was supposed to be the spiritual successor to Eternal Darkness. Yep. It was so weird though because the footage that they showed was literally like step for step Anthony's chapter. Like it was, you know, the church. <laughs> then you go up the stairs, you pull the book, and then you go into the secret stuff. And it was like, but it was like the exact same. It's just like I can't tell if this is a remake <laughs> or what. Yeah. But uh, but unfortunately, that I don't think that Kickstarter is going to happen. No, that was. Uh... Yeah. I looked into it a little bit before this, and they said it was shut down due to lack of funding. And yeah, the, didn't one it. of the developers or one of the owners of the company was arrested for child pornography. Yes. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's there was a lot of weird stuff that happened at Silicon Knights. Yeah. Um, my uh, channel member Tron actually, he I think one of his cousins worked there, um, and they said that it was and uh, he was, was horribly disfigured. <laughs> yeah. We never heard from his cousin again. Was was Tron's was Tron's cousin touched or oh my God. Uh, maybe? I don't know. He's never so told that's me that. that's the sanity effects. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. And it really it really helped to take this game from like I said, just being a regular run of the mill survival horror or psychological thriller or horror. And it made it something special and something completely different. That, as far as I know, has not been duplicated to date, um, and I don't think could be done as well as it was. Although with graphics as good as they are now, they could really do some stuff to screw around with you. It's true. It's true. Yep. Along the same lines, let's talk about the sound effects because there's a lot of creepy sound effects in the game too. Um, in terms of music, there wasn't all that much music. Um, just sort of enough atmosphere music to to carry the game, but nothing really stood out. But the sound effects, on the other hand, like footsteps, people knocking on the door. I don't know. When I first started, when I heard those knocks on the door, I was constantly checking the doors, and there was nothing there. But uh, was there any uh, sound effects that stood out for you guys? Anything creepy or uh, or just cool overall? How about you, P1? The the one that stood out the most to me, I like I the game overall sounded really good. Uh, everything sounded yeah. like it had a meaning. You could tell what monsters were approaching you based on the sounds they were making, which I think added True. to the fact that you couldn't always see around the corners. But the the one that I found was the most, um, the best, the best room, per se, was the one where you picked up the tome every time, that pathway with the screaming faces in the floor. And that room, like right. I, there were a couple times when I would actually 
stop and I would just stand there and try and see if there was anything they were saying because there was a couple of different voices layered on top of each other. It was crazy. And I've burnt down three buildings since the last time I played this. (laughs) (laughs) Only three? I have tracked up seven. (laughs) I need help. (laughs) You heard it it here, folks. That's right. It's Halloween and we're going crazy. (laughs) I've actually heard somebody knock on my door seven times since we started this podcast. (laughs) I just laughed at it. It's not real. (laughs) But speaking of that, was there anything like that uh, that you remembered in the game, J-Rock? Sound effect one. Actually, we talked about this scene earlier. The the scene where the guy is hanging in the room. I heard the rope before I even saw him, and I I knew what it was. Oh man, that's crazy! Like you hear the rope rope creaking. It's used in almost like every movie where someone's hung. Right, right. Know what that sound is? So it was pretty creepy. I don't remember it from Boogie Nights. Oh no. What do you remember about Boogie Just that Nights? he was hung. <laughs> Any sound effects? I see what you did there. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, Adam. <laughs> Boogie Nights, yeah. Any uh, uh, things that stood out for you sound effect-wise? Um, I Just the overall kind of sound effects in the mansion uh, are just great. Like the, the footsteps, um, you hear the whispering, the, the sobbing, the crying. Uh, all the sobbing and crying. It's just really great. Uh, <laughs> um, well, it added to the creepy factor, so that yeah, was good. Yeah, absolutely. And I like that the music's really played down. Like, there's only a few parts in the whole game where there's music. Um, kind of like the start of Max's chapter, there's a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but, like, as you go more and more crazy, the music just fades out and you hear, like, the whispering, like, the... Yeah, it's weird. It's, like, really weird chanting and whispering. Yeah. I and found just, most of the music. Really sorry, sorry, Adam. No, go ahead, go ahead, man. I was just gonna say I found most of the music to take place in like the the Middle East sections of the game, like, and it was yeah. like that style of music. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and that kind of suits it because that's kind of the more action-heavy one, right? Yeah. Um, and so having the music there sort of sort of fuels that. Hmm, um, good point. But but yeah, the uh, the sound effects overall are really good, and uh, the voice acting is also rock solid. Oh, fantastic, uh, fantastic. Like, yeah. like, as like a really early GameCube title, like, man. David, uh, oh, awesome. David Hader is one of the voices. The guy from uh, Metal Gear. Yep. Yep. Actually, <laughs> a lot of the voices in this game are actually the ones that are used in uh, Metal Gear Solid. Like, uh, Kim, my guest, is in there. Oh, uh, yeah, Jennifer the, Hale. The general uh, guy, right? Uh, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I think all of them from, because uh, Silicon Knights also made uh, Metal Gear Solid Twin Snakes. Twin Snakes, yeah, that's right. Um, and so uh, they used, I'm pretty sure every single voice actor is in it at some point. Like Greg Eagles, uh, he voices the DARPA chief in um, Metal Gear Solid, mm-hmm. and he also yep. voices Michael Edwards. Huh. So, very yeah, cool, very cool. A lot, of, a lot of common actors there. Cool. That's actually kind of neat. Yeah. Hmm. What about you, P2? Is there uh, any sounds uh, that stood out for you? Actually. Well, they were all pretty solid overall, but um, there's one in particular when uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, the the Inquisition one. That's the, Paul uh, Paul Paul Luther. In that one, um, I'm pretty sure it's this one. Has the uh, the thunder and lightning, like so you can constantly hear the rain and and the thunder. And there's also uh, I did have a I guess I think it was an insanity effect. I don't know what happened to everybody, but there was a point where you're going to leave one of the rooms there, and it flashes back, and you're in the World War II time or sorry World War One time. 
and uh, and there's just coffins and stuff laying around in the church. I don't know if this happened to you guys. No. I, no? Yeah, I remember actually. It didn't happen to me this time, but I remember that happening in one of my previous playthroughs. Yeah, it was awesome, and you can hear the planes whizzing by uh, and the you know the bombshells and stuff going off outside. That was yeah. one of the coolest scenes for me in the game, and uh, and I think it was largely due to the fact that the sound effects and stuff were so crisp and clear that it just sort of made you feel like you were there. It was crazy. But but yeah, overall, the sound effects, I think, were great. Mm. Yeah. And uh, especially for, uh, like you said, an early GameCube game, it was fantastically done. But uh, that's the sound department. Let's get into the graphics, because keeping in mind that this game was originally designed for uh, the N64. Yeah, I was just going to bring that up, actually. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean... It's pretty impressive what they did with it, and I'm so happy that they did switch to the GameCube. Um, but what did you guys think about the overall graphics? Um, like a few things of note, like the the creatures, the monsters, the character designs, and even just the 3D render graphics overall. What uh, what did you guys think about the, the the graphics? P1, we'll start with you. I liked them. Uh, I I thought that the the individual the, the character models were good. You could they all had different looks. I didn't think they looked. It didn't look like it was taken from an N64 and upgraded. It looked like they made them fresh for the GameCube. Right. Uh, I didn't have any. Yeah. I uh, I remember it might have been on the forums or somewhere. Somebody mentioned that the graphics weren't as up to snuff, but I actually thought they were really well done. The the people were more defined than the monsters. The monsters were sort of just like masses of flesh and pain, but uh, I found mm -hmm. the people looked really good. Uh, Alex was actually kind of cute. I had a little bit of a crush on her by the end. So. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, yeah, so I, I really uh, I liked the way they looked. Even the, the even the effects as they were happening, like the flies, they they looked enough like flies that uh, you could you know mistake them for a real one and get up off your chair to squish it. <laughs> I don't what think kind, that. What kind I would of never have that? that. <laughs> Only an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I hear something. Uh, nah, it's, I gotta that's go. not real. <laughs> that's your standard. Yeah. How about you, J Rock? Um, any, how do you? What did you think about the overall graphics? Uh, nothing really. You know, it was it was fine. Nothing really struck me as overly great or overly yeah. bad. Really, I thought it was just straight along. You know. Yeah, you're right. Nothing. It was all kind of a uh, one of the mills. I mean, the, I, I would have liked. I would have liked more detail in the enemies, like you were saying. For but, sure. Uh, and, yeah. and it could have used it for sure. Um, but there was a point, like uh, when you're lighting up the eight towers. I remember um, being able to look out over that like vast, huge. Oh yeah, that was visually like the best part of the game. I think right. I enjoyed that probably a little bit more than the screaming floor. Those were the two highlights of the game. I agree. I agree. And uh, I guess I also want to draw attention to like the cinematics that they had in the game. Yeah, uh, you could tell they were they were pretty low budget when they had like the battle at the end for the the ancients and stuff. I mean, <laughs> oh yeah, they went with what they had. But uh, <laughs> uh, but what did you think overall, Adam, of the graphics? Um, I really like the graphics. You know, they still hold up. They're still they're still very well done. Yeah. Um, like they're not like the most graphically amazing thing out there. Right. Um, like in terms of the GameCube. Um, but I find that like the style just really helps it along. Like they, they just like, you know, they coded it so well with the atmosphere um, and all that stuff. And it's, it's just really, it just feels good. I don't know. For some reason, the yeah. game just feels tangible to me. Um, and like, I really like the character design. Like I, I like all the enemies. Uh, 
because they remind me a lot of like uh, Lovecraft, like HP Lovecraft designs. Right. And there's obviously a lot of inspiration there. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I really like the. I don't know. <laughs> it's, yeah. I don't want. I don't say that I wish for more detail because I think they're good. Um, right. But it would be really cool to see them in more detail. Right. You know it wouldn't I mean? hurt. Like, right? like, it, it would be cool to see it at, like uh, an HD remake of this entire yeah. thing. That would be like you're sometimes you're looking at uh, like the Zelatath horror, for example. Right. Uh, like its three heads are actually like giant eyes, but it's kind of hard to tell unless you're true. You're like squinting right. up at the screen. And it'd be nice to be able to see those details and be like, wow, this thing's really messed up. Yeah, um, <laughs> you're right. But uh, but yeah, I think I think it's a good looking game. It's really cool. I really well, like the uh, one of my favorite enemies, actually, are the bone thieves, like the ones that take the place of the uh, yeah. of people. They were my most disliked uh, enemy because they were the hardest to kill. Yeah, wow, really? Uh, and I think they're especially tricky for you, P1, because if I recall correctly, you um, you're, you're, the ones, uh, well, <laughs> the, the Zelatath ones don't have a head. No, they don't. They've just got like a spinning, a spinning three things of yeah. light. Um, so I don't think you can actually target it. So that makes things oh, tougher. Yeah. And too. they jump on you and they start jamming those knives into your face. Not yep. fun. Not, they not they reminded time. me of Pumpkinhead. Remember that movie? No. Can you, no. uh, can you make, you never seen, I don't suppose you do an, uh, an impression that I could maybe. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually he's probably like, he's probably like, <laughs> oh, oh, pumpkin head. Yes. Come on. You no, I, remember. That I thought you were just going to be like, this is my impersonation of a pumpkin. And then just like, not saying, <laughs> it's like, yeah, nice. Yeah. No, cool. I don't, uh, I don't remember that movie, J-Rock. Oh, I think okay. I've seen like. Like a fourth installment of Pumpkinhead, like a really, because there must be like a thousand of them in the series, isn't there? There's, there's, I think there's like four maybe that I know of. I think I seen like the latest one, and it was terrible. (laughs) Jeff Trickson flick. He's he's like the main character in it. But anyways, they, I, I found the character design for the Bone Thief to be very much based on that character. I'll tweet you the picture. Okay. Okay. Cool. Do it up. I'll be sure to look at it. Sounds cool. <laughs> do it. Do well, it. let's uh, you know, let's, oh, overall, I would say that the game is held up. I mean, this was my first time playing it, so I kind of wish I was able to play it back in the day before I knew that the game was going to try and trick me. I think it would have been a completely different experience, uh, maybe even a little more rewarding. But I'm happy that it's still held up today, and that's my overall impressions of it. And I would recommend this to anybody who's even remotely interested in anything that we've been talking about. Because it's it's that good that I could recommend it. But uh, what what would you guys think overall? Like, uh, would you recommend this to people who haven't played it, or do you think they sort of missed the boat? Let's start with with you, Adam, because this is your your second time or eight hundredth time playing it. Uh, yeah, I you know what I re- I re- bleh, sorry, <laughs> I would recommend uh, this to pretty much anyone who's a fan of the horror genre, uh, specifically uh, psychological stuff. It it's so cool how it you know it messes with the characters. And then it starts messing with you. And that's like just a really, really cool thing that no game has really done quite the same ever since. Um, and that should be enough to make someone want to play it. Um, yeah. And even for someone who's not really that into horror, like in the grand scheme of things, it's not that frightening. True. You, you know what I mean? Like it's not as unsettling as say like a Silent Hill. And it's not as jump scary as like Slender or something. It's I find it's a good middle ground. It's like a psychological kind of action horror game and i I think it's a really good just game overall that people should play 
Yeah, I agree. That's a good way and, of point. It's not really and, pigeonholed into into one sort yeah. of genre. And it's like it's iconic of the GameCube. Like you mentioned the GameCube, like the one of the first games that comes to my mind is Eternal Darkness. Yeah. I agree completely. How about you, J Rock? Yeah, I would recommend it for people that are into the genre, of course. But uh, I mean, this is my, the first time I've ever actually heard of it or played it. So it's a cool opportunity to get to play something I definitely probably wouldn't have. Yeah. Yeah, I'm happy we did too. Because sometimes like when we're doing this this club, we're gonna get we're gonna get a chance to play games that probably haven't held up, maybe like last, last month. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, that's the beauty of it, is sometimes you're gonna find games that do hold up and, and stand the test of time. And, yep. uh, and I think this is one of them for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. What about you, P1? I, uh, everything you guys said is exactly how I feel. It's, <laughs> this game is, uh, it's a lot of fun and it holds up really well. It's, if you are looking to build your GameCube library, this is an essential. Uh, it's a little on oh, the yeah. pricier side as far as GameCube games go. I think it clocks in around $30 usually. Um, mm -hmm. But it's worth every penny. And if you're still listening to this point and you haven't played it, shame on you. But yeah, we're so sorry. You, uh, <laughs> it's I think anybody who has played it remembers this game. You know, this isn't a game that you play and forget. You know, it's not every time. Not every time you play a game that you find out that your save data was corrupted. But not really. Um, I really right. enjoyed it, and I really am glad that it's my first experience to the GameCube. I felt that it used the controller nicely. I, it, it controlled well. Its graphics were good. Overall, there's nothing about this game that I can say I didn't enjoy. And I'm glad that we had it following the month that we had previously because it's nice to be able to... I actually... There was times when I just... I didn't want to do anything except play. I wanted to log on. I wanted, sorry, log on. I wanted to turn on my GameCube and just get into it again. I really, uh, I really enjoyed yeah. it. It was a great experience for me. And I'm really glad that it won the vote for October. I agree yeah. completely. And... Uh, why don't we? Uh, I'm going to take this time. We're also going to hear Aaron's thoughts. So, so Aaron uh, is going to tell us what he thinks of Eternal Darkness overall. And uh, yeah, let's have a listen. What's up, guys? First of all, I wanted to say thanks for having me on. I uh, am kind of bummed that I wasn't able to do it, but I was at my dad's, as you guys know, hanging out with him. So um, yeah, thank you. And Eternal Darkness. Now, overall analysis, I don't know what you guys talked about or how far you went into the game or what, so I don't think I need to go into history, but basically all in all, my overall analogy, the way I think of the game is, I think it's really awesome. I think that it did something very different. I think the way it manipulated our minds at the time was something that was that we weren't used to, you know, at that time. And I feel like there were probably games that did it before then that did things like this, but I feel like the GameCube is one of the first systems, you know, back then that seemed so real and realistic to us. So when these, you know, things happened, um, all the different events in the game, I feel like they just really stuck with us as gamers. And um, overall, I definitely think it's a game that more people need to talk about, especially in the world of horror games and survival horror type things. Um, you know, there's the Silent Hills and Resident Evils, which everybody talks about, but I definitely think that Eternal Darkness needs a little more love. And another thing, the only thing I would say maybe negative about the game would be uh, the controls, which were kind of clunky. The camera was a little clunky, but I feel like in most third-person games where there's any sort of fighting system, they're normally a little off. But um, in this game, it, it didn't bother me, especially back then. I did play it recently, and it was awesome again. So that's all, really. And uh, I love you guys a lot. More than you know. 
Also, insert the uh, sexy slow-mo music here. But uh, thanks, guys. Sorry I couldn't be there to talk with you guys. Let's do it again. And uh, I guess that's it. Goodbye, everybody. I'm actually looking at a picture of NES Complex right now with his shirt off. All right, see ya. Thanks for sending in your thoughts, Aaron. And in case any of our listeners, by some weird chance, haven't already subscribed to Aaron's channel, you need to check out Retro Liberty, where he's joined with his best friend Ricky, and they go game hunting. As well, you want to check out The Grid Gaming, where Aaron is joined by a multitude of hosts, and they discuss all things gaming-related. Uh, we hope that your your dad had a great birthday, and uh, and then thanks for letting us hear your thoughts, because uh, it's a great game, and I'm happy that you also got a chance to play it this month as well. Um, okay, so was there anything... Adam, did you have something else you wanted to ask? Uh, yeah, I just, uh, there's something I wanted to mention back when we were talking about magic, and I totally forgot. Sure. Um, but did you guys find the... There's obviously the three alignment runes, um, did you find the Mantrock rune in Edwin Lindsay's chapter? No. No? When is it? Um, so in the same chapter, like the Indiana Jones-ish dude, yep. um, there's a part where um, there's kind of like a, a wall. There's like a force field kind of wall, and you can open it by using Dispel Magic on these three things throughout the chapter. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And, and then, then you, you can use the, the trapper, right? Yeah, you use the trapper to go through, and then you can right. find the Mantarok rune in there. And it actually lets you cast a whole new set of spells. Um, like, it's the same 12 spells, but with Mantarok's alignment. Oh. No way. Yeah, and they all do, like, weird stuff. Like, I think uh, one of them makes you <laughs> invisible. I feel like it's the reveal invisible. Actually, makes you invisible, so things oh, can't cool. see you. Yeah. And I feel like, I think Mantarok runes actually... I think they beat all the other ones, so if you always cast like a dispelled Mantrock, oh, it'll dispel anything. Cool, huh? I'd be wrong about that, but it's it's very cool. I didn't figure out the whole trapper mechanics till a little after that part, so yeah. I missed out on that. Huh. Yeah, it, it's really That's, neat. Yeah, I didn't get that. I wish I had now. Just one more reason to replay. Oh, Replayability. Right. Oh, oh. <laughs> watch replayability channel. Also, I. I did everyone get all the effigies? Yes. I didn't. Uh, I missed one of them. Um, do you want me to tell you what happens? What yeah, effigies? Sure, yeah. The the statues? Yeah, there's like a there's like a red one, a blue one, and a green one. Yeah. Don't you, you need those in... to advance the story? Uh, no, you don't. Oh, um, I got all of them. Um, <laughs> did you get the? Did you eventually get the reward for them at the end? Uh, I got the three of them, and I put them in front of the pictures, and yep. it gave me an enchanted gladius, I believe. Yep, that's correct. Per permanently enchanted gladius. What? Yep. I didn't so do a, that. Yeah, it's a it's a gladius. It's enchanted with the the, the alignment that's strong against pieces, oh, um, cool. like permanently. And also, if you target an enemy from a distance with it, you can throw it at them. Oh, sweet! What? So it's a, yeah. it's a ranged and melee weapon, and it really makes. Like you can just tool pious at the end with it. It's, does does it carry over to your next save? Like, because after you beat the game, it asks you to save, right? Does it um, carry over at all? The enchanted gladius doesn't. You have to get it every playthrough. Oh, um, because obviously, like every playthrough, it's going to be different depending on right. what alignment you pick at the beginning. I right. thought you needed that to to beat him at the end. I didn't think you could beat. I just assumed because because I got it, I didn't miss it because I uh, I'm not careless when I play games. I take my time and go through <laughs> everything. Yeah, I don't know how I missed it. So I um, missed. I think the red one. I don't know. There's there's actually a tricky one with uh I think it's with Roberto or something like that. You have to use reveal invisible, and you use it in the room before. And if you happen to be walking down the hall again, you can see it in like an outcropping. But I think that's the actually easiest one to miss. Oh, but yeah, that's probably. I, what I might, I might be wrong. Hmm. 
So uh, that's our overall thoughts uh, of the game. And uh, we're going to take a moment because obviously we're not the only ones who played this. This was played along by the entire Cartridge Club community. So uh, we're going to take a chance to uh, to read some of the comments and the forums and some of the tweets that we got. Right, um, yeah. We had a, a lot of people playing along. There was a quite a few. I'm actually on the forums right now. And uh, the first one was up by Dean. So Dean was playing along with us. And he said this was his first time through too. And, and he definitely enjoyed himself. He actually left uh, another comment later on that uh, showed how much he uh, fell into insanity while playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was probably the best post our forums have ever had. <laughs> it was a great post. I had to give my yeah. head a shake. <laughs> oh, at first I was reading and I was like, what is Dean doing? He must have typed this on his phone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so he sort of uh, trolled us all, which was great. Just showed yeah. how much he enjoyed himself. Yoshi uh, was also playing along. He's, uh, he's played this one before, so he was able to let us know a little uh, in advance what the green, red, and blue alignments will sort of lead you into throughout the game. So uh, thank you to him for helping us out as we went along here, because he was pretty helpful. If I had, a, I actually had a question that uh, that I asked him on here. It was that one when I was saying about reveal invisible, and he answered it for me. Um, I I fortunately just figured it out on my own, but he answered really quickly. So yeah. thanks to Yoshi for sure. Yeah, this, the uh, the Nintendo game power is strong with Yoshi. Yeah, he's a <laughs> oh yeah, that's uh, that's Yoshi Knuckles, right? Yeah, yes, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's he's a good dude. Knows yeah. stuff. Yeah. And there was we Kev also had... Uh, go ahead. <laughs> sorry, oh, sorry. You... Cut. No, it's all right. By all means, continue. I. Uh... Oh, I thought you were doing the Twitter. Do you want to do the forum? Yeah, I was going to do Twitter next, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah I'll wait. I didn't know you weren't uh, weren't done the forums there. It's, uh... Oh, sorry. Uh, you want to... So, no. No. Um, just... You go. I'll wait. I'll just sit uh, quietly. I'll just go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, Kevin was playing. So, Kevin played and... Uh... Ugh. Kevin, you're such a disease. Oh. <laughs> Kevin, you are what the French call les incompetents. <laughs> wow, wow. Yep. Look, you did, you little jerk. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, God, I love that movie. <laughs> Who else did I play? Rambox played along with us. He was leaving. He actually left an interesting comment here. Um... Posting a game that uses another fear and sanity effect called the Call of Thulu. Oh, Call of yeah, Call of Thulu. Yeah, Cthulhu. Dark, the Xbox. Yeah, I've never played. It. Have you played this before, Adam? Uh, I have not played it. It's one of those ones I always wanted to play. I've just never picked it up. Um, but yeah, I hear it's like you start off and you're like a detective. You explore a creepy mansion, and then like the the forces of Cthulhu just start to kind of invade and. I think there are, like, I think your character can go crazy. I don't know, like, the sanity effects, I don't think, are, like, it's not the same as Eternal Darkness. Okay, okay. But I heard that it's a very good shooter um, slash exploration game on the on the Xbox. Very cool. I would love to see him or somebody do a review on it because I have never heard of it. And I probably will never play it because it's a first-person shooter, but it's definitely <laughs> intriguing to me. I think it's uh, I think it's, like, a more kind of slow-paced one. Okay. Oh, cool. Maybe I will check it out then. So, like, yeah, it's more bent on atmosphere, and it's not like, you know, it's not like Call of Duty, and you're just blasting right all these, oh. all these mind flayers all over the place or something. <laughs> right. Then, right. I, then I guess I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, play your two likes things really slow pace, I see. 
No. Yeah. <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh. So uh, also on Twitter we had uh, Ryan Gorman uh, from at It's Rocket Sauce. He voted for the Eternal Darkness and uh, it won, so he was happy because he got to play it. And it was uh, he had never played it before, so hopefully Ryan enjoyed it. Um, and uh, that's the only one that uh, wasn't already mentioned. Oh no, sorry. We have uh, uh, Liam, the Donovan, the Donovan Viper. He played along. He was happy because it gave him a reason to bust out his GameCube. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So it. Uh, I got a lot of a. Uh, I got a lot of interaction. Um, you have more people. Yeah. You said. I got more. I got like a ton more. There's so many. Well, it's well crazy. let's hear them. Who else played? Enzi played with us. It was also his first time playing. Uh, it's funny because he says he was a huge GameCube fanboy during the generation, but this was one that he missed. So, well, then he's a liar. <laughs> <laughs> it was a perfect choice, a uh, chance now for him to play. We also had Luke from uh, Lukeman uh, YouTube. The our is that is that guy. how you pronounce that? Yeah, well, that's Luke, how I Luke pronounce Luke it. Lukeman? Okay, he wouldn't tell me. Oh, I made <laughs> that up. I really don't know. Yeah. We'll have him. On, we'll have this, him on the this, show and find out. He that. actually yeah. he won my giveaway. Oh, something. no way. So I sent him something, yeah. So he, he did yeah. a little nice little thank you video. So thank you, Lukeman, for thanking me. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> Good guy. I hope that's all right. I just said it. I don't know if it's right. I wasn't sure I, either. I said Lukeman. I believe it's, Luchman, yeah. Luchman. I believe I it's it. pronounced Savior. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Oh, boy. Nimcall. Nimcall. Yeah. So Nimcall, this was his first time playing through. And uh, he also chose green. A lot of people chose green. Um, but he had a lot of interesting comments. And uh, some of it was, I, I could mirror, like, he kept hitting B to uh, to finish the creature, but he kept examining something. Did that ever happen to you guys while you were playing? Because B was the same button to examine as it was to finish a creature. And, yeah. uh, God, I kept examining things. It was frustrating. Yeah, that happened when I uh, was careless and I didn't read what my button was doing before I hit it. And I just jammed the controller willy-nilly. Oh. You should be more patient. Yeah. <laughs> <I> should... <laughs> you should be more like your brother. <laughs> you don't have to talk slow. <laughs> oh, man. Who else do we have here? We have Maddie J Mania. He played along. Oh, um, right on. Yeah, he said he went back to play it about two years ago and stopped after not too long. Hmm. But he literally just got rid of this copy. Oh, so we didn't play. Oh. Uh... But he's going to get to hear what we thought about it. <laughs> that is, yeah. There we go. Yeah. That's just as unless, good. Unless he heeds our warnings. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but anyway, I'm done now, yeah. I think. I got through Okay. If not all. All right. So we had a lot of people playing along, and I think that's a testament to how good the game is, that people who had played it before played it, and that so many people who hadn't played it wanted to play it. So once again, the Characters Club comes through and uh, gives us all an opportunity to have an experience that we'll never forget. That's right. You're welcome. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, next up, I want to thank both of our fantastic guests that we have here. But just before I do, I want to let everybody know that next month, we're very excited to play another game that will most likely mess with my head, <laughs> which is Rocket Knight Adventure on the Sega Genesis. Mm -hmm. And um, So, now, I want to thank Adam and J-Rock from the bottom of our heart, not only did I have an extremely uh, entertaining time playing the game, but I really enjoyed the last couple hours talking to you guys about it. So I'm so glad that you could uh, be here for the show. J-Rock, I can't believe you went out and bought a game sight unseen just because of the club. That's incredible. Yeah. You're awesome. Um, 
Well, I'm saying it was it was my first GameCube game purchase, really. Wow. Oh wow. Yeah. So that's the power it? of the club. What'd the power of the club compels you. Tell all of our listeners um, where they can find more of you, because I'm sure after listening to this, they're going to want to look you up. Well, hopefully they do. Hopefully I didn't turn them off me. Uh, you can find me on YouTube, uh, J-Rock, Space, Game Rock are all one word, because I like to rock games. And you can find me on Twitter, at uh, J-Rock, Game Rocker, no spaces there. And I'm pretty active on there, so if you tweet me, I'll probably get back to you. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. Thanks again for being here. Um, he is Thank very so active much. on Twitter. So definitely check out his Twitter. Um, thanks a lot for having me, guys, for this uh, dude, first and hopefully not here. the last. Uh, so, Adam, also, um, when you're not saving uh, little kids' lives, tell everybody <laughs> where they can find you. Uh, you can find us at, at replayability on Twitter. Um, I'm sort of active on there. I've been busy lately, but uh, I'm usually pretty active on Twitter. Um, and our YouTube channel is at youtube.com slash user slash replayability VG. Don't go just replayability. It's some other guy's channel, and he doesn't do anything with it. It made me upset that I couldn't get it. <laughs> that sounds familiar. Um, mm. And we also have a Twitch. Um, every so often I stream. That's at twitch.tv slash replayability. Awesome. Perfect. So I'm all over the place. And thank you very much for having me. It's been awesome. I just love talking about games. And I, I really hope to... Uh, Again, reappear on uh, on this uh, this awesome show sometime. So anyway, guys, I, I want to thank all of our listeners for uh, for tuning in this month for Eternal Darkness, and for anybody who played along. Thank you again, a huge thank you to the people that purchased the season one T-shirt. Um, you will see that contest be announced once the shirts have been delivered, um, and P two and I can actually put them on for the video. And like I said, it's going to be our most exciting giveaway yet. It's uh, I'm not going to give out any spoilers other than that. So, uh, as anybody knows who listens to the show, and if it's your first episode, you don't know, but I'll tell you now, we don't script our endings, and uh, we leave it up to our guests to be creative. So, I turn it out, the floor over to you, gentlemen. Sorry, I was muted. I was. I got a message from Dean. I was just responding to it. So, um, yeah. Just the game. He's gone. Julian <laughs> <laughs> claimed him. This isn't real. <laughs> um, and this sense this is going to be an editing cut for me. I am going to have a ton of fun editing this because I'm going to put in car horns. I'm going to put in phone co- like fo- cell phone that generic iPhone cell phone ringing. I'm going to put in knocking at the door. I'm going to put in crying, and I'm not going. We're not going to mention it at all, and it's just going to happen through the whole podcast. <laughs> You're just going to think they're nuts, or we are. Nice.